I might as well introduce the people we have on the show today. We always have Jessie Davin, who it's her channel, obviously. Um, I'm really oh. bad with the directions on, I did on this. Yeah, I you, had you had nailed had it. I had the switch. <laughs> you nailed it. Well, I was with the trend here. It was there my hands. And we have Jamie Kilstein. I'll probably uh, reiterate oh, this more it. when when more people uh, oh, fuck. Yes. Get, get in here. But uh, the uh, the idea is that if uh, if, J- if Jesse needs to take any time off uh, during her maternity and all that stuff, uh, Jamie, you might be seeing Jamie more often here on this channel, too. So this cool. is kind of like an introductory uh, introduction to Jamie on the stream. And then also we're obviously going to talk about full year. So. Yeah. Um, Jamie, how you been, man? The last time I talked to you was about not even a week ago. Yeah, I hope I don't blow it by talking how much I love the retribution angle for the whole hour. That's my <laughs> that's my plan. There I really I really see it going somewhere, you guys. Um, I yeah, no, I'm great. Uh, I'm really good. I got actually, you know, Full Gear really hyped me about one of the reasons I'm I'm doing a big move. I'm moving to Texas and partly it's to train with Thunder Rosa and do more wrestling. And right when I wanted to like chicken shit out and not go, fucking full gear came on and I was like, I love wrestling so much. And so uh we're we're going. We're going to Austin. So that's what's uh that's what's new here. Everyone's going to Austin. I know well what's so funny is because I'm known for being a comedian and certainly not a elderly wrestler um everyone goes oh you're moving to austin because that's where rogan's going and i was like what no i'm going yeah and i'm like no no no, that would be logical i'm like i'm going for indie wrestling superstar thunder rosa to drive an hour and a half to san antonio to train as a professional wrestler and joe rogan happens to also be there even though he's in my field and like the biggest podcaster in the world but yeah I'm going for that. And by the way, not that he's one to brag, but Jamie Kilson has been on that show a couple times himself. So he's actually yeah. an alumni of the Joe Rogan podcast. A much different human being since those days. Oh my god! Um, yeah. <laughs> so much, yeah. guys. If you want to follow my tragic tale, <laughs> the Joe Rogan trilogy is for you. <laughs> I put a link to your Patreon and your podcast in the description of the video. Did too, you, so. Jesse? Yes. You. Oh, and I just, want, I just want to say, while we're doing uh, formalities, you two are legitimately two of my favorite people in the world. And I've been, I've had moments of like uh, uh, dire loneliness and despair, they say, um, by myself in Arizona and finding you guys and refining wrestling and being able to talk to people who are so smart and so funny uh, and so sweet about wrestling has been a fucking Aww. life, a literal lifesaver for me. Um, so thank you guys as well. Oh. Thank you for being so yeah. open to like having no fear and being like, Hey, wrestling. Cool. Let's find like-minded people and being it's, able to do it. It a lot of balls. It really does. I, well, it's so huge. And like, I, I, I think Steph and I probably talked about this on the podcast, but there's such a punk rock ethos to wrestling that I think people don't really talk about because so many of us started uh, our, our obsession with wrestling as as kids, so it's easy to be embarrassed or think that it's still childlike because we started watching when we were children. But when you go to like an indie wrestling show, especially or AEW's cultivating this as well, it's like no, 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 no. This is a bunch of fucking cool, creative weirdo outcasts. Just like if you went to a punk rock show, just like if you went to like a whatever. Um, and yeah, I mean, it really has helped me. Uh, a, a, a lot for sure good and wrestling gatekeeping i feel like it's like gatekeeping like oh you're a wrestling fan well what happened in 1997 at 
SummerSlam. Like, you know what right. I mean? It's like, right, right, right. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, only I like want- it now. <laughs> totally. That's like when you try to bond with someone about a band. This happens every time I go to a fucking yes. indie record store. No one hates music more than indie record store employees. It's very bizarre where you're just like so excited about the album you're purchasing. And they're like, oh, well, I only listen to one Radiohead B-side taped in Germany out of Tom York's asshole. And you're like, I don't come on, man. Just let's talk about how much we like music. And that's what Mm -hmm. Stefan and I talked about on his last podcast. I was like, I don't give a fuck about AEW versus WWE versus like I want to watch good wrestling and even when the writing is shitty, even when people are checking out of raw, like poor Stefan did yesterday, I'm like, I, I am rooting for it to be good. I want redemption mm-hmm. or oh, uh, retribution to be good. I want all, like, I just want to enjoy it. I don't want to turn into that bitter person who's just angrily live tweeting how much they hate it. And I'm like, bro, go, go. The office is on comedy central. Just go watch that. Like if you're so, if it's hurting you, yeah, like go, go watch something else. Yeah. yeah, The Office is a great show, by the way. It's so great good. It's One of the so best good. ever. Um, by the way, Jamie, Stephen, not Stefan, spelled that. Oh way, my though. god! Oh, <laughs> you know what's so funny too is I wanted to use your name a couple times on your podcast, and I got nervous about it. Yeah, I, do that. I know. No, I do the same thing, dude. I'm literally this because it's literally. I mean, it's spelled like Stefan. Well, like, I, I, I know. I really don't. I rarely correct anybody because I'm like, it's that's how it's spelled. You know. What I'm I mean? so glad. I'm so glad you did though because this. I got so confident. I got so confident. I did it twice incorrectly, and because it feels like we're all hanging out. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm just gonna okay. tell my friend. I'm gonna call him by his fucking name, and then uh, it was wrong. Well, I can't. Get my I, daughter's name wrong all the time. I, well, yeah, I call her yeah. Charlotte instead of Scarlet because we're fucking talking about it wrestling. Sounds like it. And yeah. I, and I, well, and I'm so used to saying Charlotte Flair, like Charlotte Flair, Charlotte mm-hmm. Flair. So I say Scarlet, and it just throws me off. But um, but yeah, I I, uh, I do feel bad though when I miss uh when I miss Scarlet's name because it does make it's feel all bad. right. My parents do it too. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a passive aggressive move on your parents' part. Well, wait till they have two. Wait till they're not too scarlet. Oh my god! Have two, yeah. That's right. If it makes you feel better, I think my dad still pretends I'm not a comedian and I went to college. Oh, hey, but you. I think being a comedian is cool. Fuck college man. is kind of fading away, really. Yeah, I owe zero. My degree is useless. <laughs> I don't owe any money. I don't owe money to the old shitty. Other than part. obviously being an alumni of the Ohio State University, that is very valuable. But is that why you're so into football? Is that the thing? Or no, you... my my parents both went to Ohio State. My dad's uh, from Ohio, so like I was born a Buckeye, basically. So got it. It's so funny. Yeah. I talked. I talked such a big game about like we're all nerds in a community and we enjoy wrestling together. And then every time you start tweeting about another, <laughs> another sport, I'm like, what the yes. fuck is this shit? Get that <laughs> yes, fuck out that of there. Is the thing. That was the thing about um, full gear for me. And I think it honestly, it goes to show how good of a pay-per-view it was because yeah. like I am the worst to watch Ohio State football with, by the way, like yeah. I, I'm horrible. I yell, I scream, I use bad words. I yeah. am just I mean, the absolute worst. I'm the worst because I wouldn't know what's happening. So you're the second worst. But that's worst. more fun. Yeah. That's more fun. That kind of takes you out of it, which you need. Sometimes. Oh, that's actually, I need. No, that's a great point. Yeah. So like, yeah. So I was really into this game because Ohio State decided to like just take a dump the last half, great. the second half, and just like was being awful. And 
but I was still able to pay attention to full gear and I was still able to get the storylines and I was still able to get what was going on and I was still transfixed on what was happening. That's how good of a pay-per-view it was. Yeah. Your video. If, I, if I can like watch an Ohio State football game and full gear and know exactly what's going on in full gear, like that's that's saying something. Your videos were great. I just got excited. I wasn't actually because I gave uh, GC. I'm going to mispronounce her name, too. So even I don't feel bad. <laughs> um, I I sent her when it looked like you were watching football and not watching AEW. <laughs> I sent the Kenny Omega gift that you use. Just yes. you, you use that Kenny Omega gif like. Picasso, like a fucking artist, like Van Gogh uses paint. The way you pull out that gift, it makes me happier than anything. So when I had the opportunity to send it to you because I thought you were choosing football, I was like, yes. But then I found out you were also watching Full Gear, and I was like, well, not as funny. I was still excited. I sent you the video evidence. Oh, I came up like two seconds later. Yeah. Yes. Um. So I see the people in the chat right now. I want to address one question real quick that I just, or something that someone just said about the video game. Uh, Peter Davies says the console game for AEW is with Ukes. If that's true, that's fucking awesome because that's the company that made all the N64 games that everyone still Mm -hmm. loves. And um, that's what people have been wanting out of the wrestling game is that exact company to be involved. So that's really great news for anyone who's a fan of uh, AEW and a fan of uh, wrestling video games. That's, that's a great sign. I don't know anything about video games, but I've been talking. Um, uh, Aubrey Edwards was. Edwards. Te- we, we we were texting about it, um, uh, just about how like it's gonna be fucking everyone mm-hmm. who's it's gonna be a bit yeah it's gonna be fucking awesome it's gonna be fucking awesome. They need to do yeah. that too because everyone stopped. Like I know I didn't buy WWE Two K Twenty. I barely played Two K Nineteen, and before that, I it's made just fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's yeah, everyone did. It was like the glitchiest, like un- most unplayable game there was. Apparently, like the game keeps getting progressively worse over the years, which is just wild to me. When the, t- the technology keeps getting better and the game keeps getting worse, so AEW fans are like stoked. Like, okay, you know what? We're done. We don't even want the. We don't even like the WWE product for the most part anymore. And at least we had the video. And, and at least we had the video games. And now it's like, well, the video games suck. So AEW is about to be hitting a double whammy where it's like the show rules and the video game might be better. Like that's huge. And then when they can go international again with like those UK numbers that came out, I just had a visceral uh, flashback feeling to, because I was like, what was the last wrestling video game I played? And I believe it was WWF Superstars, uh, which was Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo or Genesis. It was that. It was that generation. Yeah, yeah. Just, just I just remember these little like I had a little pixelated like Razor Ramon who would like wobble and just clank mm. hit you with a chair and then wobble back. <laughs> yes, and they all had the same moves and like the pin was all the same thing where they just like laid across them and <laughs> yeah, the just, just draped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I um, love your cat. Oh, thank you. She missed me. I've been gone. I was telling y'all what happened. My husband, I've had to quarantine for my husband for non-pandemic reasons. So funny. And so she's very happy. She's about to be my scarf. I'm trying not to show her, but... We we can say publicly what's happening. You're quarantining because of your Young Bucks uh, FTR argument. So you're just you're punishing him and you're quarantining from him. That's right. He was so mad. That's right. I called back. Fucking Twitter joke you did. Because yeah. your, your husband was mad that FTR won over the young, or sorry, no, the lost. lost to the yeah. young bucks. 
Yeah, he was really mad because he loves FTR. That's that was a great match. They so... almost ran us over in Jacksonville. <laughs> FDR did? Yes. Where they're like, we this is proper tag team wrestling as they fucking sped away. We were staying in the same <laughs> hotel as them. Right? Really? No flips, no fists, just cars. Just, <laughs> yeah. just old school manslaughter. Yeah. Say, say <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you okay? Say yeah. Say yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, they almost ran us over because they were backing up and we were trying to cross the street to get in our car to go to Dynamite or All Out. I can't I think it was Dynamite. And um, yeah, I was like, mm. How did they react? Do you remember? Uh, we were embarrassed. You want more chocolate? Okay, hold on. Just give me a second. Um, I was so embarrassed because my husband likes to freak out. I just try to be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, just yeah. like, it's okay. And I just kept walking. I was like, it's okay. I almost killed him. It's okay. I, yeah, I do that sometimes where I, I sat next to Samuel L. Jackson on a plane once. Mm-hmm. And by sat next to Samuel L. Jackson, I mean, I was one seat removed because I'm convinced Samuel L. Jackson bought. I, I just need to cut my story off because I, it's like a, a bad bit where I just threw out this podcast. I just want more humans and animals to slowly be crawling on jesse it's like it starts with like a cat and then there's like a child and then i just want like other animals to like slowly cover her um so i sat next to samuel jackson on on a plane and i was like i cannot hello i was like i cannot say anything to samuel jackson because everyone says it especially on a plane you know, yes. every, I'm not going to curse, but every person. You can curse. That, you can say whatever. Sorry, yeah, I can't hear you. She doesn't have oh. the headphones. Yeah. Oh, it, uh, no, it was for yeah, the cat. Yeah, good. Um, the, <laughs> for the cat. Uh, the, uh, and everyone's going to make a snakes on a plane joke. And I was like, be cool. And I sat silently next to Samuel L. Jackson for like a, it wasn't a long flight, but like two hour flight. And we land. And then I went up to him on my exit and I go, Hey man, I wanted to say I'm a big fan, but I didn't want to say it on the plane because then you would have thought the whole time like this guy's gonna bother me. So I'm gonna say it now, and then before you respond, I'm gonna fucking walk away. And I made him laugh, and he just goes right off, brother. And like, and then I just like, yes, it was oh, the best. Yeah. But like with wrestlers, I'm not, I'm not cool. I uh, I've I've been friends and done shows with some of the biggest celebrities in the world, and I'm usually pretty cool. But I love wrestling so much. I was taping a uh, I was taping a sketch down at Extreme Couture in Vegas, yep. and uh, again I've met many famous UFC fighters. Uh, I've sparred with very famous UFC fighters. I've become friends with them. I didn't. I wasn't even looking around because I'm like I don't care what fighters are here. And then suddenly I was like, "Is that is that fucking John Moxley? Uh, yeah. Like running sprints?" And I had no idea. And so I immediately I text. Like all my comedy dork friends, I don't text any wrestlers, but I text like Sam Roberts and I text Ron Funches and I go, I think I'm standing in front of John Moxley. I don't know what to do. Do I say hi to John Moxley? Is John Moxley nice? Have you met John Moxley? And all of them are like, oh no, I texted Barnett too. And Barnett's like, uh, he likes metal. And I was like, that doesn't help. Um, and so, <laughs> which is like, that's like only, that's like, now I like to imagine that's the only way Josh Barnett responds to text. Do they like metal? Um, and so I said, nothing like he could have been there was a role he could have been in the sketch i could have been like hey do you want to do the sketch i could have taken a picture i could have just even said i'm a good fan he literally went to exit didn't look mean or anything like he was just like just looked at me 
And for no reason at all, I said, I'm sorry, sir. And I backed up. I wasn't even in his way. I just panicked and I apologized to John Moxley for no reason. And then he walked out and that's it. Yeah. I said nothing. I know how that feels, man. Like I've told the story on this podcast before. I don't know if I've ever told you this, Jamie. I think Jesse, I've talked about this with where, um, because I've like interviewed all these wrestlers and fighters and stuff. And like, I still get like, I still get kind of starstruck, you know, cause I'm like such a big yeah. fan for such a long time, but, but, mo- but I'm fairly numb to it. At least like I can kind of keep my cool. The one time I didn't do that was with Eric Bischoff. Like I met him. Really? I met, I met him not that long. This was like a couple years ago. And cause I grew up such a huge WCW fan from Atlanta, right. Georgia. Like this right. guy was like my God growing up. Right. Like he was the in charge of the company that I cared about more than anything in the world. And I meet him and like, same kind of thing, dude. I just totally freeze up. I'm just standing in front of him and he, he's like, he's like, Hey, and I like put my hand out to shake his hand. And he shakes my hand and I'm just like, and then I start doing like the, I'm not worthy bow no. at him. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to do. Just and panic. He, and just complete panic. And then he, he's like, okay, man, cool. And then like walked, like walked away. And then he's standing at the beer stand. It's just me and him. No. And I'm right behind him. And I'm reaching to touch his shoulder to be like, yo, bro, let me grab you a Coors Light. Like it was, it was weird a second ago. Let me at least buy you a beer so I can like feel better about myself. (laughs) And I'm in the middle of like reaching for his shoulder, the fucking music for the show hits to start. So he turns around to like get ready. I'm just like hand, like going literal nightmare. Nightmare. He just looked at me right in the eyes. and was just like, what are you doing? I was just like, and I just like went and got my beer. I was just didn't even answer. I'm just like, this is, so it happens to all of us, man. It doesn't matter like where you get to, who you talk to. There's just still going to be those people. One like, day when this is the biggest wrestling podcast in the world and you have Eric Bischoff on and you get to tell <laughs> him that story, it's all worth it. I think about that sometimes. I'm like, oh, when I do something really dope with Mox down the line, whether it's in wrestling, whether he's on the podcast, like I get to tell him that story where I, for no reason, apologized to him and then just like walked away. <laughs> it reminds me of Superbad. Uh, you've, you've seen the movie Superbad. Like when, when right. he's like, my favorite scene. Yes. Yeah, like, like, it's uh, it says the time and just like he's walking away from that girl. <laughs> Hi. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, it's awesome. Um, well, we have more people who've trickled in since the start of the show. Um, right. Thank y'all for joining us. We're going to be doing a full year review here in a second, and we're going to go match by match. As always, super chats and donations, super important for a show like this because it'll get your questions answered. Anything you want us to read out on air, we'll read out. If it's even non-related to AEW full gear, we will still answer any question you have. So if there is something you want to talk about from Raw last night or any any other company, I mean, I follow Impact Wrestling, the Indies. Every, I'm wearing a uh, AJ Gray t-shirt. Do you want to talk about Endies, whatever like yep. we'll talk about anything you want to the super chats work the same as they always have donation link should be in the description below and it should work the same as it always does um only difference being with our layout today you may not see your question on the screen but we will for sure still address it for you and it, um, it helps the show as it always does i also just noted the comments i was in a different thing so what's up everybody <laughs> yes, we got we got some loyal uh, some loyal fans in the chat. Or I, I don't like to call yeah. fans, but loyal viewers, I guess you'd say. Yeah, um, help support the show out. Disciples, disciples, disciples. Okay, Seth Rollins. Oh yeah, <laughs> that angle is gonna go. I'm telling you, even if Seth Rollins goes to Impact 
and would be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Seth Rollins is in Impact. The announcer at Impact would be like, and joining him, the Mysterio family. Yeah. Be oh like, my Damn God, it. Mysterio. No. <laughs> no. It's a nightmare. It's like my sweet paralysis demon. <laughs> oh, I love that you're having cool dreams of like hanging with Seth Rollins at a bar and suddenly like the Mysterio slowly trickle in. <laughs> eye, for, eye for an eye, right? Yeah, Jesse. Fucking, you're sitting at the bar and he comes up behind you and starts trying to fucking gouge your eyes out. <laughs> um, oh, we got a, someone who saw my little video. I like the moment when Thunder Rosa open hand slapped Jamie. She sure did. Here's a, here, here's a fun fact for anyone who saw that sketch. Uh, some behind the scenes is we did that in one take because I was like, I'm not going to be able to get slapped. Like if I broke and we had to do that again, that slap hurt so bad that literally I just told her, I go, okay, I'm going to say this sentence. You just cut me off and just hit me. I didn't know the chop was coming. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I just know I was getting hit. And the Thunder Rosa right before we did it, because I was editing the video and I forgot she said this. She just goes, I'm so sorry for what's about to happen or something like that. And then just rah, just smack me so hard. And uh, people were like, wow, Jamie sells really well for like a non wrestler. It's like because well, I, I, I was I was hurt. It hurt. <laughs> it's what happened. Hell yeah. She's awesome. And she was a part of the show too. Like very briefly, like she made a, she made an appearance after the, uh, but after the Sheeta and Nala match, right. That she came oh, out. Dope. Uh, Thunder Rosa. So she's the best. Yeah. She's great. I, I really do. I've said this before and I stand by it. I think that Thunder Rosa is better than every woman that AW currently has under uh, on their roster. Like I think, I think she's the most valuable person they could be putting on their show right now, as far as, on the female side. I was so glad that she made an appearance. Um, because yeah, she, yeah, you know, she, yeah. she, she should be. And the, um, you know, it's so funny when we were, when she was like training me, um, I marked out for places. I didn't just mark out for her where she was like, this is what I learned in Japan. And I was like, oh. and then she'd be like, this is how, what I learned in Mexico. And I was like, oh. And I think that that's one of the reasons she's so good to your point is because she's trained all these different places and she's so open-minded. And also she was asking me questions about jujitsu or about striking. And like, when you can be at that high level um, without having an ego and being like, Hey, I still want to learn um, on top of her storytelling on top of her character. Where like, it's just, it's so, it's so good. Yeah, it's great too because like you have you have an awesome perspective of like you're seeing like her school and because people are talking about that online right now like that she has this school and she's running like her little like a little promotion and yep. so she's got a lot going on and I saw people in the chat saying she's with NWA till next year I'm seeing that also but the NWA has been very open about letting their talent wrestle elsewhere like and even mm -hmm. letting people out of their contracts. Um, a famous or probably the best example earlier this year, James Storm said that he was going to sign with the WWE and he was supposed to debut the night after WrestleMania. That all changed because of the pandemic, but NWA mm -hmm. had given him the blessing, like, we're going to let you out of the contract so you can go to WWE. Because, like, why, why we don't, they don't want to be those guys who are like holding people back from doing what they want to do. Um, and I think that their relationship with, uh, with AEW is really, really solid. I think it's smart for everybody involved. Um, Speaking once, of relationships, there was like an impact kind of thing going on too. With uh oh yeah, with oh. impact and AEW, yeah. With yeah. Uh, with so what's going on with that? What was that? 
Yeah. Who well, knows? So, yeah, like, si- I mean, Don Callis, who is a part owner of Impact Wrestling, was on commentary during the show uh, for a full year. So, yeah, I mean, he's Jericho's best friend since, like, teenage years, and he's really close with Kenny Omega. They're all Winnipeg guys. So, um, okay. so... Part of me wants to be like, well, it's just a friend helping out a friend and getting a little extra cross promotion. But another part of me is like, because I think Impact, I, I tweeted about it yesterday during Raw. Like, Impact's been putting on consistently better shows than Raw, in my opinion. And like, yeah. nobody's paying any attention. But maybe people will pay more attention if they're involved with AEW more often. I think it would be really beneficial for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if they could start doing New Japan crossovers, Impact yeah. crossovers, um, I mean, that's also not like you want to become a, 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 a different monopoly, even though like, you, I guess you can only really have one monopoly. But like that is sort of a, a, a really great way to take out the monopoly where it's like, hey, let's all join forces instead of fighting all the time. Let's all help out each other. Um, I mean, this goes back to my sort of like socialisty stance earlier but it's like yeah man like join forces give us the best product like i mean that first thunder rosa match on aew like stole the show and i think a lot of people were like who's that and then the fact that the fact that she could walk out to such a pop and such a huge um online reaction in this was it a, like a prelim match almost it was it, it was still on the, 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 the buy-in right yeah, the NBA women's title match was on the pre-show. Yeah, And the fact that she came out not being in the organization after only having one match on a pay-per-view a couple months ago and got that reaction, and the fact that they were still trying to – they were telling a story. I mean, shit, like, we need more storytelling in the women's division in AEW yeah. in general. It's weird that the one, like, storyline they handled were, like, NWA people. Yeah, what's well, even yeah. stranger because Allison Kay, who challenged for the NWA title, recently left the NWA. Like she was signed to the NWA, is no longer under contract the NWA, and then got an NWA women's title shot after she was out of contract against Serena Deeb on AEW. Like it's very confusing. But I will say this: I like Serena Deeb a lot. Like I think she's fine as the NWA champion. Like I like Thunder Rosa better, but I but I think. I think was, the idea, the one, was she the one who was the trainer at uh, the performance center or am I thinking of somebody else? No, you're, I think you're thinking of um, why what, oh, I'm thinking of her, her indies. Um, what was, Oh my God. Someone in the chat's going to know. I, I yeah, know exactly yeah. what you're talking I know. I, I can see how you get those confused though. Cause they do leave it to them. Okay, cool. cool, cool. Um, um, and I don't know why that name is, why that so, name is. but, uh, but what I, what I would like to see is, Thunder Rosa going for the AEW Women's Championship anyways, and then they can figure out the NWA stuff. Because um, that's not really up to them at the end of the day, too. Like, Billy Corrigan and all them are taking care of all that. Um, well, speaking of that, like, I mean, that was the first match on the show, Serena yeah. D versus Allison Kay. Um, I figure what we'll probably do today is all kind of, like, go through the match. Like, I'll, I'll bring up each match and give you just a quick thought on it then we'll go to jamie and then on the next one i'll go to jesse first but everyone will get their opinion out there while well, i just kind of switch around who goes first kind of thing okay cool, oh, cool. we're not used to doing the three people at a time so we got to get that figured out don't you um, fucking pin this on me it's all on jamie it's all jamie's fault yeah we yeah we told we told, we told you didn't invite jamie here because we didn't want him right um, yeah <laughs> right. yeah um well but yeah i mean we've already talked about it a little bit jamie um what were your thoughts on the Serena Deeb and Allison K match? And do you think Deeb is the right person to win that one? 
I mean, I'm so biased. Uh, where I'm like, Thunder Rosa, take all the belts. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see, I don't really know the logistics, but I don't see dramatic NWA stuff happening on AEW's roster. That's the only reason I'm kind of like, mm. um, because I think NWA is just going to want it uh, for themselves. So I kind of saw it as not a stomp match or not like a squash match. Like it was good. Um, but I think the main highlight of that when it comes to the storytelling aspect was the Thunder Rosa running at the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just a solid like technical match. Like I enjoyed the match um, much, but I'm like, I kind of, I think we all sort of didn't see like the NWA title changing hands on the AEW pre-show. True. True. Jesse, anything to add to that? Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. And it's like, it's kind of like a free publicity for NWA too. Like, Oh, Hey, you know, Look at us. Look at what we've got. And it's kind of, I just was happy to see another women's match because I know that AEW, even though it was an NWA match, you know, the thing people are most critical about AEW with is their women's division. And yeah. so, yeah. Jesse, can I actually it, ask you your thought on that? Uh, well, first of all, shout out. Mm-hmm. Uh, match says three person panel is great. Um, the, uh, what, it's weird because, especially with like, Brandy and like AEW being super inclusive when it comes to, I mean, like the, the way they hype Sunny Kiss, the way they let um, people like Big Swole represent um, Black Lives Matter, like they're really open and progressive and like they have their finger on the pulse when it comes to uh that was the other white guy having a spasm when i was talking about inclusivity just started like <laughs> Steve and coffee. Uh, like, um but like why are they fucking why do you think with such a company that has like their finger on the pulse with like all that is kind of blowing it with the 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 women's storytelling and stuff like that i don't know i think it's really hard because i feel like AEW's kind of main hype and as a woman I'm okay with this I can't speak for other women but I'm totally okay with a lot of the hype going towards like you know the young but the elite you know because it's They're all so elite good. wrestling yeah, 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 yeah. So. and I feel like they want to kind of establish themselves on television I mean it's very difficult to get all these storylines in anyway one hour a week and I mean, you've seen them try different things, like with Brandy Rhodes and the whole Nightmare Collective kind of thing. It kind of right. failed. Yeah. They've got something good going with um, Britt Baker right now. Yeah. Chris Statlander was fantastic, and then she got injured. Yeah. You know, Riho was great, but then the pandemic happened, so she kind of had to leave. See, so this, this is what I... Been yeah. No, this is what I wanted to hear, because, like, it makes so much sense where it sounds like you're essentially saying they're trying it's just either things haven't hit or there have been circumstances that it just didn't fucking work but not that they're purposely Mm -hmm. like burying the female talent yeah no i don't feel like they're purposely taking digs at the women's division because honestly i would just rather not have them on television than put them on in on television in a trash storyline that's pretty much like demeaning towards women or Right. Like just really stupid, you know. Yep. Like, yep. That totally makes it because then it almost looks like even like more like it's like patronizing instead of mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Don't yeah. force it, you know. Don't force yep. it. Just let it happen. Yep. It will. I like that. You know? 
Yeah, I've kind of a different opinion on that because I think that Ooh. I think it just it has to do with Brandy and Kenny are the ones booking the women's division. Like Brandy, I don't think really mm-hmm. knows what's best for booking. Like I just don't like we saw it with the Nightwear Collective; it didn't work. Everything she's done really mm-hmm. hasn't worked up to this point. Um, and Kenny is one of the best wrestlers in the world. You'll never hear me say anything bad about Kenny Omega in the ring. Um, I think he's he's literally one of the best wrestlers of my entire lifetime. Like, he's awesome, but he's weird. He's mm-hmm. very weird. Like. Like he wrestled like blow up dolls and children before he came to the WWE. Yeah. Oh, sorry, before he came to AEW. Like so, it isn't it isn't like that crazy for me to think that like he has some like wacky ideas that just aren't really landing. Right. Like, <laughs> like and, and but but a big part of it is 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 just they also don't have like the deepest roster of women to work with. Totally. So so when you get someone like Thunderosa, if they wind up getting, I know Tessa Blanchard's a. Uh, um, People are have their opinions of her, but she's probably the best female wrestler in the entire world. So if AEW gets her, that's a huge signing. Um, there's more people within the NWA and Impact. If Impact Wrestling ever lets go to Jordan Grace, I talk about that all the time. I think Jordan Grace would be humongous uh, that, for that, AEW. That would be awesome. That would be great. So I think it's a mixture of just not having the right talent and not having the right people booking it. Now, now that can change. Like you can be the worst booker in the world. If you have the best talent in the world, like if they can just go out there, have awesome matches and it doesn't really matter what the story is, if the matches are awesome. But when you keep getting into a situation where we're doing like Reho, sorry, uh, Sheeta versus Nala Rose over and over again, and the match is never good. Like I'll, I'll flat out say it. Cause we're going to talk about that match eventually. Anyway, that's the only match on this whole show that I saw people pretty much unanimously saying just was the worst match of the show by far. Like, yeah. And, and, and they weren't saying that about Deeb and Allison K, by the way, it isn't like right. a female wrestling thing. It's like, no. a it's a talent thing. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a difference between like some fucking drunk frat boy being like, take it, take off your clothes, and it just being kind of a boring match. I, I, I get in my progressive liberal brain so many times if I'm not enjoying a female match where I'm like, all right, well, I mean, unconscious I, bias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, I should be enjoying this, and I would like no. to overthrow the patriarchy, but also like, I'm gonna go get a snack right now because I'm not a equality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but I, th- I, I saw a lot of, uh, no, but I guess it was mainly female wrestlers talking about how they liked that match. Um, but I definitely found myself kind of spacing out again. And then, um, I was actually going to rewatch that match today because I, I want to rematch I, or I want to rewatch the Bucks match and Kenny and Paige. Um, and I was like, maybe I missed something in the female match. And I was like being a, a tool by by checking out but it sounds like maybe i was right <laughs> no and well the thing too is we mentioned the end the possible aw impact wrestling uh relationship that would be humongous for aw's women division because the knockouts right. division, they have so much talent i just mentioned jordan grace Su- their champion sue young is really good gianna perrazzo is really good they have a um uh john morrison's wife uh ty valkyrie she's good like they oh, yeah. have they have, and it was hilarious last night because I watched the beginning of Raw where Randy Orton made fun of of Ma, um, Morrison for leaving for the minor leagues, and he said it right to his face in the ring. And I'm just sitting here going, "Yeah, the company's talking about his wife Orson right now. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like that's so cold." Can um, we talk about? Because I know there's a lot of trash in the WWE. So I, the phase that I checked out of um, for the WWE 
so like I came up on like the I mean I, I watched some of the older stuff like like you know like Brett Noen and uh Sean and Razor Ladder Match WrestleMania ten. But the the where I was obsessed was the the two dudes with attitudes era. Um that's what I call it. And then the attitude era, obviously, but I missed all of the I missed the rise of Cena and Orton and Batista. I didn't watch that. And I have been obsessed with Randy Orton lately. I think he is so good on the mic. He is so good at like making you like him while being such a badass, like bad guy. I like heel at the same time. Um, the little subtleties he does while remaining, he has to remain stoic and badass and whatever, but you can still tell he's kind of freaking out about the fiend, but he's not showing it, but he's showing it by not showing it. I think is superb. And then yesterday, yeah, when he got to be like funny as well and like, Oh, everything. I love him. Yeah. He's really, it's wild because he's like putting it all. I mean, he's always been really good, but like he's the best he's ever been right now when it's like 20 years in, which is like Crazy, really I impressive. Think. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I think I, you were talking about, it just came to me. I think you're talking about um, Sarah Del Rey was the, uh, it was now Sarah, I think she was real name Sarah Amato or something like that. Yeah, Someone, yeah that's not, that's not but, but she's the one who uh, is the PC trainer. She was a really good indie wrestler. And just never really, yeah, just never made it in the WWE, but she was like universally like loved on the indies. Um, and she worked out pretty well for her. Like she kind of got out of, I, I think she went to the WWE initially to try to be an in-ring wrestler and then just realized like, well, there's no women really training other women. And like, they really liked her. And I think they were like, Hey, you don't have to take bumps anymore. If you don't want to, we'll pay you money to train other people and make them better. And, Oh, yeah. it worked out really well for her. Well, and that happens in jujitsu and MMA too. There are yeah. some people who like they train really well, but when they compete, they don't do it as well, or they teach really well. And but yeah, same deal. And it's like, hey man, like that's your purpose. Cool, you get to teach. And and in teaching, it's like and teaching will make you better too, um, because you're like breaking yeah. down all the technicalities. And like, it takes a really special person to be able to like teach, especially wrestling. There's so much to it. Yes. Kind of like um, gymnastics. I used to coach gymnastics a little bit. And it's kind of the same thing. It's very, it's so quick. It's such a delicate art. Yes. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair too, like there are plenty of sports that like I just wasn't very good at, but I was pretty good at like kind of seeing the field or like in baseball, for instance, I wasn't the best baseball player, but I was pretty good at coaching baseball. Like I got a yeah. coaching minor and it was oh. like, because like, you know, I kind of can sit back and see the whole field. And as like, as like a, a mind for like that kind of stuff. I'm like, I'm way better than actually being on the field, like being able to see everything and like, Oh, I just, I noticed that person didn't move that direction. And like, maybe if they did, that would, you know, so in like wrestling, obviously I've never wrestled, but like, I know a lot about pro wrestling. I just, you know, it's just, I'm probably better as like on that, on that side of it. Um, that all being said, the pay-per-view starts off with Kenny Omega mm-hmm. versus Hangman page. Um, Omega gets the win. I thought this was, it was arguably the best match of the night. Personally, I have a different one as chosen, but it, but it was, I will not argue anyone being like, this was the best match. I think it's pretty clearly the best opening match we've had on a pay-per-view for any company in like a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse, you're up first on this one. And I know you're obviously a huge Omega fan. And what do you think about this one? Do you think about, what do you think about Omega winning? And what do you think about the match itself? Whenever Kenny Omega goes back to like his new Japan roots, whenever a match has a new Japan feel and it involves Kenny Omega I'm gonna love it like this match immediately had a New Japan feel to it it was delicate yet stern storytelling 
in a match. And one thing I always loved about Kenny Omega matches in New Japan was I was always waiting for him to try and hit that one winged angel. One winged angel. Keep hit, trying to hit it. Trying to hit it. So when he finally hits it, it's like, yes. And it's like the best feeling in the world. This match was fantastic. And and by the I, way, nobody kicks out of the one winged angel. Like it's never, it's never been kicked out of, which is like protecting no. a finisher like that is so rare nowadays. Yes. Yeah. When did that start, by the way? When the numbers are kicking out of finishers, like the time that you were day. out, the time that you were out, it was like attitude adjustment kick out, attitude adjustment kick out, but he's the bomb kick out. It was the time that you missed is what is when most of this stuff started. It, it, all of the problems I have with wrestling <laughs> happened when I when I left. Uh, yeah, me Jess- too. Jesse, can I ask you a question? When you say, because I think this is really cool the way you're describing it, um, when you say a match has a New Japan feel, what do you specifically mean by that? For me, it's kind of a slow build, but not a slow build in a bad way. It's kind like of actual a gentle progression. Yeah, like a gentle progression. Like you start out Act One, Act Two, Act Three. Yeah. And it's not all over the place. It doesn't have to go all out with bells and whistles. It's it's a very it's not concrete structure, but it's structured. If yeah. that makes any sense. There's a, totally there's, a sense. there's a flow to it. And because I feel like, and this isn't a knock on WWE, but like a lot of times WWE matches, we go like right to finishers. We go right to like these near falls. And it's like, oh, okay. And sometimes you get kind of trained to get into this like adrenaline hype. And then it's a problem for the matches following it because then you're expecting this to happen every single time and your, your right. brain can been conditioned for this like little dopamine hit right of like a near fall and it doesn't happen then you're like oh why am i not enjoying this match the thing that comes to mind for me was aj styles and shinsuke nakamura at wrestlemania yeah like that was a good match but just everything before it was so quick and just intense that it just felt out of place right yeah can can you imagine zach saber jr having to fight like an hour into raw everyone's just be like boo (laughs) it would be awful but (laughs) I just, I really did. I, I loved this match. I loved it as an opener for me, especially as an Ohio State fan. I needed something to like calm my ass down yeah. and just take me out of it. And I was able to. And this is a, this is huge for AEW. It was able to get my focus off of the game. I missed an entire series of downs for Ohio yeah. State, which is a huge deal. So awesome. I loved it. I think this leads to. Hangman and the Young Bucks teaming together again, and I think Kenny just goes full heel. Yeah, yeah. It's um. First of all, shout out to Throwback who said, "Much love." Just woke up after having a headache, and you guys keep killing it. So thank you, and go drink water. Um, I'm so old, uh, but drink water. <laughs> uh, yeah. Same. De- hey, do you guys know Stephen? How this match was kind of on the shorter side, right? I feel like yeah. if it- okay, so I think it was so good, and actually, I think. Having it shorter is why it could. It was so good because the intensity, even during the slower story, like building moments, like uh, the Jess was talking about, like the 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 intensity. It was when it hit, it hit every shot. Because that's another thing about when you tell a story is every shot matters, every yeah. clothesline matter, every forearm shot. You know the high the high spots, whatever. But like there is purpose behind even the lock, behind the littlest moves. Um, there's like purpose and intention and heat behind it, which I think is rare. Um, 
I wonder though, if we've been so conditioned, like the cool kids, the AEW indie kids to be like longer matches are good matches that I wonder if this match was technically longer, that would give people permission to say, this is the best match of the night. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll put on my my cool kid shades to answer that. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll kill two birds with one stone here too because Dylan's wrestling himself with the super chat. Similar question. Perfect. Thank you, Dylan. Big supporter of the show. Uh, and I'm gonna take these off because it's actually a little dark in here today. Um, says (laughs) (laughs) an absolutely incredible match between Paige and Omega, and the best way to open the show. So good, they could have gone another ten minutes. Yeah. And um, same with what Jamie was saying. So thank you, Dylan. And I'm gonna answer both of y'all. I think so. A couple things, and I've talked about this. I know me and Jesse have talked about it. I may have talked about it with you on my show as well, Jamie. I can't remember, but this all kind of, it's kind of a long answer, but it all, it all makes sense. I think that where we're all heading is Omega is going to beat Moxley for the title. And I think Hangman is going to beat Omega, but it's going to be in like a year. It's going to, it might be a full year next year. So I think that's what the long-term story is. Now that's why I think though, that this match went a little bit shorter than what people think is because the next time they wrestle, it's going to be like oh, a 40, it's going to be like a 45 minute hour long world love title it. match. Love it. I yeah. mean that. love it. Yeah. So that's what I think is, is where it's all eventually. Can heading. you imagine if they did do an Iron Man? Has there been an Iron Man match b- uh, b- b- besides Sean and Brett? They had, they had yeah. time on it. Yeah. There's been plenty of Iron Man matches, Jamie, but never in the, never in AEW. Oh my God. That would be. So incredible. And I, I love, uh, ready? Are you guys ready to lose all of your, all of your viewers? I love that they're doing a hangman angle. That's the same. That's similar to Alana angle, which is just like the, so sad, like being, being ignored, being left behind guys. I am so, such a mark for this Lana angle happening in the WWE right now. And I, I know they're going to botch the ending. I know they're going to botch it. Yeah, because it's like, it's just her being forgotten and she keeps on trying. She keeps on going out there. And also, like, Shayna is hilarious. She is <laughs> so funny um, on top of being, like, so legitimately tough and scary. But anyway, um, I love this angle. I mean, I almost got bummed out. Steven, I actually almost texted you or DM'd you. I got bummed out. When when I saw the package they put together for Hangman versus Kenny, um, with like the wasn't there like some eighty song about? Dude, no, I, I want to. Yes, no, no. I'm glad that you're bringing this up though because so I I said when I saw that package because they they aired it I think on Dynamite before they aired it on Double or, or I keep calling it Double or, on Full Gear. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw it. I because I watched I watched Dynamite with a buddy of mine, Mike Hughes. Shout out to Mike. He's here like every week to watch wrestling with me. And oh, yeah. and I turned to him and I was like, "This is fucking weak. Like this song <laughs> is so weak. Like this, like this, I and 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 he and he was like, "No, it's supposed to be funny. It's like supposed to be ironic. Like and I was like, "Oh, I didn't get that at all out of that. Like so, I think half oh, the people. Yeah. I think half the people thought it was just really, really cheesy. Another half thought it was supposed no. to be cheesy, so it was yeah. funny. Yes. But I was, but I was like, I, I'm just gonna straight say it like this because there's really no way around it. My brother watches AEW with us all the time too, but he's not a huge wrestling fan. He watches, a, he knows more than most would just because of how much I watch wrestling, and he comes over and sees it. But he, his first 
instinct when he saw this whole story. He and this wasn't being funny. This isn't trying to be. You got to take this as face value, like not maliciously. He thought it was a storyline between two gay lovers. Was what he thought. Aww. Is what he thought Omega versus Hangman was, especially when he saw that package. He was like, "Is this like a gay storyline? Like, is it like because like That's I was what makes it great? I mean, have you ever watched?" <laughs> Have you ever watched the montage of, I can't find it, but like that essentially recaps the Golden Lovers? Right, which was, yeah. which was, which basically was a gay lover storyline, like, uh, yeah. like at, the, at the root of it, right? Yeah, and like, I honestly think that male friendships don't get explored enough. And actually, if I'm to Best like, friends. right, like, but yeah. people love it. They freak out about the hug because in a weird way, and wrestling does this in general, it gives guys permission to still be tough because it's like they're fighting, but to still show emotion. Oh my God, they were enemies, but he's going to come and be a hero and he's going to save him. And oh my God, like this guy's getting like kicked out of his group or like this, like, and like, I think a lot of guys don't get to express like fucking emotions and this is a story of two best friends like i tell my guy best friends that i love them and there's nothing gay Mm -hmm. about it but it's almost like when you put it over the top like that it's so funny that people go is this gay it's like no dude it's like two dudes who love each other especially by the way fighters i mean i hug my guy fighter friends so much and wrestling's even more like this because it's like we're going through hell together you know and so like for me i don't see it as a comedy bit but when I see that song, I go, okay, so the song was a comedy choice. But then if you embrace the irony and the cheesiness of it, and you actually watch the story, you go, oh, this is also kind of sad. And see, that's like, how I saw it. I thought it was like an emotional, I didn't get any funny out of it. I was like, oh, this is like, that's how I saw it was what you were just saying, the, the yeah. latter. Yeah. Uh, but I loved it. Know. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I I love I love these angles. I love the stories of like friendships gone awry, but you know they still love each other. Like I mean the when they the handshakes in the beginning, the way they reacted when they came out with the bucks, like there was so many little things of like, oh, are they still trying to be friends? And just like yeah. almost almost no. Like it's really real. It's not just like boom chair shot heel turn or what like yeah and 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 yeah and i think that's i think that's great and then the match was just so intense and like just as a technical match i want to rewatch it and just like learn as much as humanly possible yeah so good from top to bottom because like by the way i want to just like reiterate like me saying that it wasn't a comment it doesn't mean that it was bad it was just like i was a little just confused of like what they were trying to like what but but at the end of the day it's a story that's been going on since being the elite. I mean, we're talking three, four, five years back that this is all like really, if you really get down to the root of it, I mean, this is like a long, long-term story that they, that they're pulling off between Omega and Hangman, which I think is awesome. Yeah. And the mat, the matches are going to keep being awesome. And now we're in a position where Hangman had said before the match, like if I don't beat Kenny Omega and get a shot at the world title, like all I have is this, is this alcohol. Like all I've yeah. got is, is this, and that's where he's at now. And I think that's where, that's where the redemption storyline starts. I think over the next year, he, he gets really, really down for the next couple months. Like he's just a miserable fucking loner alcoholic. And then um, just slowly but surely, 
win some matches, build his way back up, and eventually, like, we'll be like a year into a Kenny Omega title reign at that point. We get the the big rematch. That's where Hangman finally gets the win. And then that also opens it up, too, because with Hangman as the champion, and once again, we're talking like a year out, think about where guys like Darby and Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara and all these guys are going to be. That's the main well, event scene here for Yes, 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 yes. How do you, see, how do you guys see the um the kenny heel turn going because it was interesting that if you're gonna go by cliche storytelling um hangman did the more i'm gonna turn heel moves but you can still see it in kenny that even when he went to the handshake you're like what the fuck is going on what's happening this isn't real. Um, and a hangman, like almost again, like I said, it was realistic. It wasn't, I'm not going to shake your hand cause I'm turning heel. It was just like, I'm losing everything. I hate this. I'm miserable. Um, so how do you see it going full heel with Omega? I, I think once again, this comes to long-term storytelling because for the longest time, it looked like hangman was going to be the heel, but you weren't really sure. Right. And now I think it's pretty clear that he will ultimately be the baby face when this all happens again. And my prediction is Kenny Omega cost the Young Bucks the tag team titles, helps FTR, and that's where... And the three of them are like a heel stable, Omega and FTR. Whoa, interesting. I only do that. That's completely very, out. Very, very interesting. I didn't even think about that. And then and then Hangman will get reunited with the Bucks because it's like, see, Kenny fucked y'all over too. I know what that's like. And like we, we never hated each other. Like He was the reason mm-hmm. we all hated each other. We didn't realize it at the time. Ooh, do you think before... Do you think before their match they'll do like a like on it's a dynamite ish match, but you do a six man and you get Moxley and the Bucks together? That'd be cool. I mean, I'm down right. with that. For I think FTR and Kenny. Well, and I think Jericho is going to be turning babyface at some point. Jericho and the Bucks have done yep. some stuff uh, six man before, and that'll be cool. Yeah, um, there's oh, a so lot much, of good, so much cool stuff could happen. Get the women out of there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was a callback to anyone who's anyone who's new. I'm not. I don't hear. <laughs> No, no, no. Um, Jesse, if you want to go for the next super chat and address that. Yes. All right. So Peter Davies with another super chat. Thank you so much, Peter. We really, really appreciate it. Seriously, thank you so much. And this is this is something that was really cool. This is a beautiful camera shot too. Hangman just in background after the bus match in the tunnel was such a beautiful shot. I loved it. Just one little shot told so much. And that oh. I completely agree with Peter. That is such subtle, beautiful storytelling. I just that got AW does so well. Yeah. Yep. And they yes. never pan, they never panned in on him or anything. You no. just kind of saw that he was there, which I liked never, a lot. Like made a big deal out of it. Oh, uh, and then if you yeah. think of if if you put that with the storytelling of like the Bucks finally winning the belts and that like their best friend doesn't even feel comfortable coming all the way out. Oh, Peter, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I don't even get the money super chat thing yet. So this is a genuine compliment coming from me. <laughs> I'm getting no money. Uh, yeah, what a great, what a great fucking point. That's beautiful. Um. And also, I do want to throw this out there because people in the chat have corrected me. There was a 30-minute Iron Man, Iron Man match between Omega and Pac. Um, not an hour long, but to be te- technically speaking, I wasn't correct. That there, whenever, has, there has been an Iron Man match. Whenever I think Iron Man, I only think 60 because there are so right. many 30-minute matches. That's right. I remember yeah. that. I felt like Pac was in that. He wasn't, Was he on the show? Uh, I, I don't know if they showed a video package or if that was just on Dynamite where they showed I'm on the Dynamite. Video. It was on um, Dynamite, yeah. Yeah, I, so that's interesting too because what I'd like to see there 
is Pat coming back and and he's I I still because they have the whole story there still where like Pac was with the Lucha Brothers and now the Lucha Brothers are with Kingston, the Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny. Um, but I I want to see Pat come back. Maybe we even see him on Dynamite this week. I mean, uh, um, uh, Phoenix and Penta are wrestling each other this Wednesday again. Maybe we see Pat come out and like bring them back to him as the Death Triangle, get him away from Kingston. That'd be tight. King, Kingston. Butcher and the Blade versus Pack and the Lucha Brothers. That'd be a, oh. that'd be an awesome feud. Oh, spicy. oh yeah. now, now I want to jump so much to what you guys think of Kingston and what's going to happen with that. But uh, I'll I'll let you do your. Got to wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll wait on and, that. Anyone who listens to my podcast, it's a little less organized. It's a little <laughs> kind of like we'll find our way back eventually. You could probably tell. Uh, all right, cool, sick, perfect, perfect, and thank you again, Peter, for that super chat. Very much that appreciate. Was, that it. was sincerely cool. Yeah. Um, up next, we had Orange Cassidy defeating John Silver. There was a lot of comedy here, but not as much comedy as I expected, to be honest. Yeah. And, I, and I thought it was just a pretty solid match altogether. Orange Cassidy mm-hmm. gets he gets the win. Jamie, any any thoughts on the match? No, it was great. I mean, I said this on your podcast. I think that what's so cool about Orange Cassidy's gimmick is you inherently will have storytelling um that kind of storytelling in the match you're kind of forced to do it where it's like okay he's being cool hands in pockets whatever it's it's infuriating uh the heel like then like he gets cut off so now he has to like fight a little bit and like it's the dynamics of his match are really cool um and it's not just a and i think because he's such a good wrestler on top of it it's not just a gimmick where after the first three minutes of him trying to put his hands in his pockets like he they keep adding to it oh my god i didn't say this did you guys notice the one time you know when he does the baby kicks and then he super kicks the shin he yeah. slaps the leg oh no it's the best yeah he it's, does that almost every yeah. time it's the best. so yeah. fucking funny it is the first yeah. time i noticed that he slaps the leg too i'm like this is magical um yeah i thought it was great i was very late to the liking john silver I finally think I do because some of the being the elite bits, I think the first time I really paid attention to him, it was kind of, it was a little hacky and like, he always like breaks. Like, yeah, it's very over the top. And then, yeah, like you said, he'll, they'll catch him laughing on, like on camera. Yeah. But like, I actually really liked him in this match. I really liked him. I really liked his reactions, the over the top reactions to Orange Cassidy putting the hands in the pocket almost make the most sense for a heel to do. I mean, the, the, the pack Orange Cassidy was like my fucking favorite, but the just having two people with diametrically opposed comedy personas and just slow hands up. No, no, no. It was so good. And then we also got to see, I think the reason it wasn't. A, a super comedy cheesy match and these are my favorite matches of orange cassidy's the ones that are funny but still have really good wrestling by the way this is also why i like the cheesy song and the omega thing where it's like a little comedy sometimes can enhance a drama if done well as weird as that sounds um so like then them having a really good wrestling match it actually made the comedy pop more. And then the comedy made the wrestling pop more. We're like, I think this is probably the best John Silver looked as a wrestler uh, as well. So those are my, those are my thoughts. Very cool. What do you think, Jesse? Anything to add to that? You're on mute. Matt. <laughs> Sorry. 
my daughter was like, just be done. No. Just be done already. <laughs> no. Um, the tone, I thought she was I, giving you advice and was like, just be you. Just like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you, mom. Oh, he is wise beyond her years. But mm. yeah, she um, she's great. But this match, me and Steven had talked about it before. We thought this was going to be like purely comedy. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I went in going for. Like, oh, okay. Little break, little haha break. But it wasn't. I mean, at the beginning, it kind of started out the whole comedy bit. And I really liked how you could tell, and this is this is the match I could really notice. You could tell AEW allowed a lot more fans in because yeah. it was a lot louder. And that is something that Orange Cassidy's gimmick has been missing, like, severely. It's just yeah. the reaction when he does those little baby kicks. Yeah. Like, that makes his whole character just so much better. And I mean, shout out to Orange Cassidy for being able to do this without the crowd. I mean, that's just amazing. But yeah. you're right. And I feel like John Silver is actually a really good wrestler too. So it was nice to kind of see them both be able to showcase both their comedic side and their actual wrestling side. And it was just, it was fun. It was yeah. fun. It was just a fun match. It wasn't, didn't piss me off, didn't make me angry. It was just good. Yeah. I, uh, I was going to say, uh, Stephen, at the end of our podcast, I was going to say something about that I was like bummed out with with Dynamite. And I think Jesse actually just pinned it where I have been OK with the lack of crowd noise until they tried to do a bunch of run ins on Dynamite. And with no crowd reaction to run ins, like when Orange Cassidy came in to like save the day and then kind of like slowly backed away it was kind of a bummer and actually the run-ins in general in AEW, i don't know why maybe maybe you do just need the crowd for run-ins they have seemed sloppy where there have been many mm -hmm. run-ins in like different matches where someone runs in and then yeah they just kind of like slowly fade off into the background it's very bizarre where you know i think we probably all feel this way like when we were kids um, but even as adults, like when it was, you know, oh, the Undertaker's here, the Undertaker, or, or, or it was always Austin, like running in to like save everybody or, you know, whatever, especially like a, a new heel turned baby face when they do a run in to save someone. That was like the biggest thing ever. So when I see like shitty kind of half ass doesn't go anywhere run ins and the crowd's not into it, like my heart hurts. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that kind of echoes like something I've talked about before where like, a very, very similar uh, line of thinking here. Very similar scenario where, like, I don't think the WWE should do the Royal Rumble this year until there's fans. Like, because for that same reason. Oh, like, yeah. like, because imagine the the countdown and someone coming out and it being like a surprise. Like, imagine if Edge came back was, this past I was, year. I was just going to say that. Yeah, and there was no crowd. Like, that would be, you okay, can't well. do it. It ruins the whole thing. Um, yeah. Now, certain things, like, as a wrestling fan, I like that they're doing what they can because I don't want the shows just to end similar to the UFC. Like they figured out a way to like keep me entertained throughout the whole pandemic. And like, I love that they're yeah. running shows for sure, but there are certain types of shows similar in AEW. Another perfect example is the blood and guts match that they keep pushing back. It's, it, it's, it's clear that they want fans there for that. Right. Otherwise they wouldn't have been pushing it back so much. NXT, so. I kind of like the plexiglass illegal fight ring vibe. Yes. Like, yeah. There's a, 
Oh, it's great. Like there's uh when uh this happened in indie matches and old PWG and this actually happens at wrestling schools. This happened when I trained with Kendrick and at uh Dog Pound with with Jazz and and uh Rodney and Thunder Rosa where when people start banging on the ring. And yeah, there's like raw underground. Yeah, there's something again, damn it. Uh there's something again very like punk rock about like dunk 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 and I just realized the connection. That's kind of what's happening with the plexiglass at NXT. And especially if it's like the younger wrestlers, like, oh, you just feel so cool when like something dope's happening or great exchanges happen. You just dun, 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 dun. So I think that adds to NXT for sure. And AEW doesn't, I mean, it's cool. It's hard because we know the wrestlers too, you know, NXT you're kind of blurring it out. Like I love seeing the wrestlers out there supporting each other and seeing like, you know, the gun club, like cheering for matches, like it's dope, but it's still kind of like, Oh, that's Billy Gunn. Um, instead of just like the illusion that it's just this crowd of, you know, whatever. Yeah. I will say, I think that that, that whole setup that they have, uh, what do they call it? Not the Thunderdome, but what do they call the uh, can't, Something Wrestling Center, PWC. Capital. Yeah, Capital. Capital Wrestling. I think that that thing is put together. Oh, that's awesome. That setup they have. Yeah. Um, for given the circumstances, like they that that's a pretty cool. Um, it's almost like a fight pit, like you said, Jamie. It's like this yeah, underground yeah. fight pit kind of feel. Um, moving on to this show, we had Darby Allen defeating Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. Um, I have a very strong bias towards Cody Rhodes. I love the guy. But I did call pre-show. I, I called Darby Allen to win this match. And yeah. um, I, I mean, I thought this was a fucking awesome match. I mean, this was great. And it put Darby, this is how you get someone over. Like, this is what you do. Like, he lost the first time they wrestled. They went to a draw the first time they wrestled. He lost the second time. He right. beats him the third time. And now they're all, it's all even. And everyone looks good. Cody doesn't look like a jobber or like he's not going to keep being in the main event and stuff. Um, it made, it made Darby Allen it put, it established him on that same level. I thought all of this was awesome. Jamie, yeah. you're up first on this one. What were your thoughts on this match and Darby Allen getting the win in the new champion? Yeah, I'm the same. I feel the same way about Cody. First of all, um, if Cody was in front of me and I wanted to buy him a beer, I would definitely do your Bischoff move and just like, <laughs> to pet him gently um yeah there's something so fucking cool about that guy um well this is exactly what we talked about steven on the podcast which is we were complaining about the wwe not being able to put people over or doing it in like the most like horrible way as possible and i was saying how uh you know the way to do it is have just like incredible vets do exactly this i mean cody lost nothing and has completely validated um orange cassidy and darby as a main eventer in the last couple weeks i mean establishing this title essentially as what the intercontinental title used to be uh back when titles meant something uh in the wwe and that's exactly what happened um my only issue with it is I was a huge fan of Darby when I would go watch him wrestle in the Indies. I was like, this guy's just like a spectacular athlete. Um, and, but I always kind of wondered like, what can you do with this character to like really make him 
pop like the you when know, he's and you know this from seeing him in person he's very small like he's a very small person like yeah he's like yeah. my size yeah and like um i cut you off before you were like so small like what a pussy well, no, 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 well, no, well, because I'm, I'm, I'm like right at six feet, like five eleven, six feet, depending on what shoes yeah, yeah. I'm wearing. I've been around Darby before, and like he's small around me, and I'm, and that was my only fear for him because I knew he had the talent, but I didn't yeah. know with it because when I saw him, AEW didn't exist yet, so like that was his only real big opportunity was WWE. Yeah. And I was really worried about that. Well, and even, even in the Indies, he was fighting guys like Stunt. And my friend Eli Everfly, like, and and, and Jungle Boy. Um, yeah. So there was kind of this, like, small dude circuit uh, in the Los Angeles mm-hmm. indie scene. Joey Janela. Yep. And, and, and the, but what I was going to say is I, I've been worried about Darby from a storytelling angle because I'm like, oh, I guess the buildup to this was really just Darby brooding in shitty seats, like, watching, like, Cody fight. But then someone on Twitter pointed out that the kind of similar to Hangman, that the juxtaposition between Cody coming out with this like flashy entrance and with family and then Darby coming out like by himself actually did sort of tell a story. And that's when I was like, okay, that's how you do Darby is you have him just be this like society doesn't get him loner. I just hate fucking broody promos like again retribution is so funny on twitter that i wish that their angle was just them backstage on twitter being hilarious but like when they have to put on their like broody voice and mustafa ali is like like they're all talking a little lower it's like it's very silly um and so i hope they can do some good storytelling with darby because as an athlete and a performer i'm thrilled that he has the belt but I'm just a little scared. Uh, it can be a little one note storytelling. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do. Cause I bet he can fucking act. He's a good looking guy. Like, um, you know, uh, uh, Priscilla, his girlfriend, uh, her tweet about it. Together? Oh, I don't know. But, but, but at, mm-hmm. at, at the very least, she had like this very sweet mm-hmm. tweet okay. about it. That was like super ride or die. Like I really liked them together on the indie scene. So I don't know, man, I don't know what to do with him. What do you, but, but, yeah. I, but, but I was thrilled with the match and Cody, you know, seeming like he was going to turn heel with this him Arn. Uh, argument with Arn wanting him to wrestle pure and with honor and him kind of like doing these like douchey things, but then going full, like I am passing the torch to you. I'm giving you the belt. I thought that was uh wow. I had more thoughts on that match than I fucking thought I did. Well, Jesse, what do you, what do you th- I have to add to that? Like, where do you, what do you think to yeah. answer Jamie's question? Like, where do you think this heads with Darby as a champion? That's, that's the big question. Right. And I, and as Jamie was talking, it kind of got me pondering because to me, Darby Allen kind of is this, you know, woe is me emo kid with a chip on his shoulder. Punk rock system has always been against me. I've always been wronged. But now he's the champion. Right. Now he's like a winner. So It's so Retribution signing a deal with Raw. <laughs> right? Yeah. But it's, it's interesting. <laughs> you know, they had him on the car at the end with the skateboard that said, like, I am TNT or whatever. Face of TNT, yeah. Face of TNT, that was it. And obviously TNT's Twitter said Darby Allen is our champion, which is a real nice touch. But it is, it's interesting. It, it's going to be, 
really weird to see him not in the stands, like ruminating and scouting. You know what I mean? He's got to be yeah. in the ring now defending that title. I mean, and... having him do something like I love Brody and Cody, but like if you want to have again, loner all odds against you having a Darby start to feud with Brody uh, and the Dark Order could be kind of fucking intense. Well, well I feel like it's going to be Brian Cage. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. 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 I forgot. I forgot. About of that. The... Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to hold us over for a second because I don't think Brian Cage or uh, or Ricky Starks is going to beat Darby for that title. But I think no. I think that they what I'm assuming is going to happen, at least for the short term, is that Cody and Darby will team up and try to fight off ta- yeah. Team Taz. And eventually I do see Cody turning heel. And I think could be like you mentioned, Jamie, he brings up that he brings that whole entourage with him. He's not like this whole group of people. And he's been adding more wrestlers to that, not just family members. Yeah. Um, guys like Lee Johnson, who train out of the Nightmare Factory here in Atlanta. Right. Um uh guys like uh who uh, Billy Gunn and Austin Gunn, he just recruited them. They're both in-ring wrestlers. And part of what I'm starting to think is, and this is might be kind of far-fetched, but there's going to be people in the chat and that listen to this that probably already thinking what I'm about to say. Historically speaking, like, so if you had Cody, who's, you know, because here's all the, all the wrinkle to it. Cody can't challenge for the world title. So, so all he really has to do, the top thing he can do is challenge for the TNT title. Right. So I imagine he'll get another chance at Darby at some, at some point in the future. Well, I was actually going to say him having a vicious heel turn on Darby is actually going to skyrocket Darby as a baby face as well. Yes. Yes. I, I totally agree. And I think that uh, because also, once again, they're one, one and one against each other, one draw, one win for Darby, one win for Cody. So it, it, it would make sense to have another match at some point. But if you have Cody and you have this whole nightmare collective, the whole nightmare family, you got Brandy, you got Arn, you got the gun club, you got Lee Johnson, uh, you got uh, D- Dustin Rhodes, QT Marshall. You got like in the more and more, and they and Cody turns heel, and they all and they all turn heel, and they're re- and they're fighting Darby, and it's this whole group. Ooh. Who's the one person in wrestling history that has a great track record taking on entire groups of people by himself? It's a man named Sting, and there's a lot of people that have been talking about Sting coming into the AEW, and there's a lot of similarities between Sting and Darby Allen up in the rafters as a character. Cody has said that Darby reminds him of a young Sting. Oh like, boy! So I could see. I don't think Sting is going to come in and like wrestle and fight everyone off. Right. But I could see because they because AEW does great with like the veterans coming in and managing the young talent. I could totally see Sting being Darby Allen's manager and helping him fight off the whole Nightmare Family. That would be. Yeah. I'm in. I'm so in. That's dope. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you. That's cool. how it goes from here. Well, I mean, I could be totally fucking wrong about all that, by the way, guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's what's going to yeah, happen. I'm wrong about everything. It's, it's all right. Yeah. Um, and I get that there's going to be people who don't want to see Sting in WWE. I get that. But but the thing is, the the way that they use the veterans, I think, is very good. Because mm-hmm. it keeps them as a part of the show, but it, it's helping them spotlight the next generation of talent. Like, like Jake Roberts being with Lance Archer does not hurt Lance Archer. Like now, if Jake was yeah. going out there and and it was all about Jake and Lance Archer was in the background and Lance was losing all of his matches versus only losing once all year, that's a different thing. Yeah. Um, so 
so yeah, that's that's just a just a thought of mine. I'd like to see. I don't. I I I say I'd like to see. I think it would be cool. Um, because there would be a cool dynamic there. But it also is nice to see Darby as like a total loner. But then yeah. again, Sting is the only other loner, and and Moxley. Yeah. There, there, there's always going to be that loose relationship between Moxley and Darby Allen, also. So I think that's going to play going forward too at, at some point. And I think that's also really cool that Moxley is the world champion and Darby's the TNT champion, and they're allies, so they can help each other out. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Without like having to align like specifically or feud or whatever. Right, because they're also can deal or something. Right. Well, also they're totally down to fight each other too. Like they have this cool relationship where like they're totally down to scrap and want to find out who's the best between the two. But when it isn't them wrestling each other, they are down to help each other fight off other people. It's great. So yeah, I I I agree. I think it's great. Um, Very punk rock. Yes. Yes. Moving on, we have Hikaru Shida defeating Nyla Rose to retain the AEW Women's Championship. Um, Jesse, I'm going to give you first back-to-back on these because I accidentally uh, messed up the order a second ago. So we're going to start with you on the Shida match, um, and then uh, and then you'll get first on the Young Bucks match as well. So with the Shida-Nyla Rose match, no, we already talked about it. I fucking quit. What? Uh, well, you're going well, you're, you're to get the main event first, Jamie, so it'll, it'll work out. So, uh, and I kind of wanted it that way too. It kind of works out because you had brought up the Moxley and Omega match. Sorry, the Moxley and uh, Kingston match already, Jamie. So yeah. that'll work out well. Just um, to be clear, I give zero fucks. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I know. I just happy, happy to be here. Trying, trying to be polite. Trying to be polite. Yeah, very sweet. Um, but, uh, but so Sheeta and Nala Rose, we already talked about this one a little bit. Um, of all the matches that I saw on the show, or as far as like the feedback I saw on social media, this one seemed to be everyone's least favorite match. Um, I'm not going to sit here and like shit all over Nyla Rose. Like, I, I just, I don't think she's, I, I'm just personally I don't think she's lived up to the hype of like what she's meant to be in the company. I think there are women who are strong, who do very similar style of wrestling to Nyla Rose that are just a lot better at it than she is. It's just a personal opinion. Sheeta, I think, is very, very good. But I think when you're in a position, where Sheeta's having bad matches and it's only bad matches when she's wrestling Nyla Rose, I think it's pretty clear kind of what the issue is there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just me personally. Jesse, what did you think about this match itself? And what do you think about uh, Sheeta retaining the title? I thought it was okay. I thought the one thing I did think that they did well in this match was their management of uh, Vicky Guerrero as the manager kind of, she wasn't as the annoying excuse me kind of lady. You know what I mean? Usually it's just like, and we talked about this before on dynamite, how she did her best kind of work so far as a manager on dynamite. And here she was kind of there. She was the annoying heel manager and it worked fine. It wasn't like the whole excuse me thing, you know, it wasn't just annoying. So I was, I was good with that. And then she got like knocked out and it was really funny. My dad was like, who's that? Did they hit an old lady? <laughs> My dad was concerned. I but love when it, non-wrestling fans like walk in yeah. like at one of those moments. Yeah. They're like, what is this? Is the people you're hanging out with? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, is she okay? I, was like, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was fine. I mean, the fact that it was the my least favorite match on Full Gear is not a knock to that match at all. It's just that Full Gear was such a great show. Sure, sure. So it's not an insult to say that. It's it's it was all right. It wasn't a disaster in any by any means. Which I mean, obviously, no. I mean, it's kind of sad that that's kind of what I'm gauging the women's matches in AEW on. Was it a complete disaster? 
but it was fine. It didn't make me ashamed of my gender. Yeah, yeah, it didn't make me embarrassed. It didn't make Mm. me like ashamed, and I and I think it makes Sheeta look better. I think it makes Sheeta look strong. The fact that she kind of got the win despite Nyla having Vicky Guerrero in her corner. And the pull-up, too, everyone talk, I saw people talking about how they actually liked that. When I saw mm-hmm. it at first, I was kind of like, no, she's huge. Fucking pin her. But, like, I think it did kind of establish the the strength she had, you know, especially because she went yeah. on to, to, to win. Yeah, and I thought, you know, I think she is so talented. I love her as champion. I think she should be champion for a while. I think, I know we were talking about Chris Statlander coming back soon. Yep. Uh, I don't know when she. I know she tore ACL. I don't know. Like it feels like it was yesterday, but it was like at the beginning of the year. I'm hearing that it's going to be pretty soon. I think she's getting close to being ready. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and Yay, she can wrestle. And I've talked to Jesse about it before. She. I'm not huge on intergender wrestling, but Chris Atlander is really good at it. So, like, if there is going to be any intergender type of stuff in AEW in the future, they have someone who can who can pull it off really well. She's so, great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I notice sometimes, and maybe I'm talking out of my ass, and maybe it's just this, but like when you don't know what to do with women's storytelling, you're like, have them fight a big lady. And then, like, you've sometimes, like, the writers will crap out when it's just a really big, imposing person. It'll, it'll be the same with like imposing guys as well, um, where they're like, that's the story. She's big. And you're like, oh, like, I feel like when you have. I don't know much about her as like an in-ring competitor, but when you have someone who maybe is like bigger and like not as skilled as someone like Grace or, you know, whatever, um, you got to make the fucking storytelling good. And I do wonder, my hope is the spot they did at the end with Vicky and her about how it looked like Vicky was going to get laid out. Cause she didn't lay her Like it, it almost seemed like Vicky had her under such control and she looked really sort of like heartbroken guys. Can you tell I have so many dad issues that the stories I like the most are all about like sad, like loners who are like upset with it. But like, I think that um, like that could be uh, interesting and, but it's just, yeah, she does incredible. I want her to keep fighting Thunder Rosa. <laughs> yeah, no, same here. That's see, that, that's kind of to my point is like, if it was Sheeta versus Thunder Rosa, I think we're talking about that along with like the rest of these and being like, it's hard to choose like the best match, second best match. So, cause like they'd all be good. We wouldn't, there wouldn't be like this one glaring match of like, uh, the whole show totally fucking ruled except for this one match. This wasn't very good. Like if it was Thunder Rosa with Sheeta, I'd imagine we'd be saying the entire card top to bottom fucking ruled. Um, now it didn't take a whole lot from the show. I mean, it was one match and it wasn't like the worst no. match in the world. It's no. just it's just when you know that that it can be better and you have the talent available to make it better um and you keep going cuz that's the other thing with Nyla not to like just stick on her for so long but the, but the, the truth of the matter is this since AEW started and I could be wrong statistically someone in the chat may may be able to correct me on this but like I feel like Nyla has had the most championship opportunities and everything of anyone like she's constantly in the mix of like either being the champion or getting championship opportunities um, but it just never is really now her first match with Sheeta wasn't was, was all right. Like it, it was a pretty good match mm-hmm. when Sheeta won the title. So I will give her credit there. Uh Nyla Rose's match with Riho, I thought was really good when Riho won the title. Yeah. Um, that was so, probably the best Nyla Rose match. Yeah, I agree. And and that's the thing. So it isn't one of those things where like every time Nyla wrestles, it's bad. It, that, that isn't the case. But you have like like someone like Thunder Rosa who we keep going back to, but like 
that's a foolproof. Like that, it's going to be good. You know, like, yeah. So that's just, that's just my personal opinion, but, but uh, Sheeta keeps the title. I think that that was the right move. I think she is the right champion right now. Um, and I'd like to see either, either drop it to Thunder Rosa, or maybe like we mentioned, a returning Chris Satland, or maybe someone from the Indies uh, for, or from elsewhere comes in. But for now, she is a champion. I, I think is the right move. Um, moving on, we have, in my opinion, the best match of the night. It was the Young Bucks defeating FTR to win the AEW World Tag Team titles. This match was so, so good. And you want to know what's even cooler about it? Similar to the Kenny Omega Hangman Page match, they could have went another 15 minutes and done a whole bunch more shit. And we're going to get that. It'll happen. This was just the first match between these two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only going to get better. Uh, the story is going to only get more interesting. Jesse's chomping in the bit, doing her CM Punk uh, wrist rolls right now. Um, or Vandoe Silva for the MMA fans. Yeah. Oh, shit. J- Jamie's in the house. So we'll Good reference. The um, but uh, but Jesse, go for it. What do you think about the Young Bucks winning? And what do you think about this match? I'm glad the Young Bucks won because of the weird skip that we don't like. It's like we can never challenge for it ever again. Didn't need it. For yeah. some reason, that made me think they were gonna lose. I don't know why, but maybe because Cody totally did, yeah, or yeah. maybe just because it was like, yeah, it was just so unnecessary that I, I was like trying to figure out, like, oh, are they trying it's to? Weird. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, we, we, we all, yeah, we all, we all agree they, they didn't need. Did the not need it. Did not need it. This match had enough hype behind it. Okay, this damn match was so good. As someone who is a self-admitted non-wrestling historian, even I could appreciate this match for the homages that it gave for each decade of wrestling, of tag team wrestling. They did all the fin- and I appreciate the announcers for like letting me know too, because I'm not a super nerd wrestling buff. No offense, not saying that it's Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm not one of you nerd- fucking dorks in the chat. <laughs> Super wrestling nerd. I know nerd is not a bad word in this household because I'm a nerd. It just it was great. Sorry, I thought that would be the extra fuck you is just to say his name wrong. (laughs) Oh, did he break his headphones? All right, keep going. Yeah, no, did he break his headphones? I think he's fine. I'll go for the phone. Wait, I did the camera wrong. There we go. All right, he's back. Yeah. Okay. Without you, no, no, I'm just fucking around. That you were making fun of super nerd wrestling fans. I'm good. No, no I, I thought you broke your headphones. No, oh, that'd be great. I'm like, as, as a joke, I'm like, yeah, oh, fuck no. you, and then all my no, no, shit no. just breaks. We, you, you did the wrestler thing where, like, we got the bit that you were injured, but then you did one little nuance where I'm like, oh, he's I'm either like, really oh. selling well, like, oh, shit, he broke a headphone. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, my no, God, no, no, no. this is real. It's a shoot. It's a shoot. No, it's just, it, was just, it was just the aux cable just popped out of the bottom of it. No, 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 nothing, nothing serious. I was just being silly. Oh, yes. I am oh, gonna yeah, grab it. Yeah. I am gonna grab a drink though, real quick. But keep, keep going. Okay. Yeah. No, this is great. No, we can do that. I have to fucking pee the whole time. Uh, All right, keep going. Yeah, go to the bathroom. No, I'm not gonna like, leave you to talk no. about the best match by yourself. <laughs> it was so good. This match. Well, obviously, here's one thing I'll talk about right now. Yeah. Is I loved how they came out and it was almost like Celtics versus Lakers. Yeah, like they had like the whole gear, and then afterwards, the Young Bucks had champions shirts made was, to look like great. the Lakers shirts, and they did the whole champagne celebration. It was, it was great afterwards, yes, like yes. that was such a fine touch. Yes, that just to the end of it, just just getting that out of the way, that was just beautiful. Here's other than the the homages 
to decades, literally decades of tag team wrestling that happened throughout this match. Other than the incredible wrestling that we saw, I think my favorite thing was that the Young Bucks are known for Super Cake Party, right? Yep. F- FTR is known for no flips, just fists. So we have an injured Young Buck who cannot kick. And then in the middle of the match, we have FTR who cannot fist. <laughs> but like they cannot punch. Right. No right. fisting, you know? And. Oh my God, how did I not fucking see? It? Yes. Yes. So, and how does the match end? Because he's like, oh crap. Because it, it ended with both the no kicks and the no punching. So what does FTR do? They decide to flip and it costs them the match. Yes. And and they went they back used, on their principles. Yes. Yes. And that was it. And that was it. And it was just, this was so good. And this was a match that had so much hype behind it. So much like excitement and build and, and honestly, you know, and I go back again for some reason to Shinsuke and AJ in WrestleMania. We were all excited to see that. Like, yeah. Yes, finally, finally. And I think a lot of us were hesitant to that. We're like, I don't know if it's going to live up to the hype, and it didn't. I was there I was there live for that, yeah. by the way. Like, everyone around me was like, damn, that wasn't what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone had doubts about this match at all. And it delivered, and no one was surprised, and everyone was excited. I, if you did not like this match, just go away. Like wrestling <laughs> is not for you. Sorry, go watch something else. This is not your cup of tea. Jesse, once again, go you drink- fucking dorks. <laughs> yeah. Yes, like for real. If you found something wrong with it, like if you did not like this, I are you do not have any pulse. I will I, I, I will nicely rephrase it. I'll be like um the uh the Obama translator uh in Key and Peel. Oh, yes. Uh yes, which so is uh what she's trying to say <laughs> is maybe you should find joy in your life and not look yes. to hate things that are clearly so beautiful. And when you open up your mind to see the beauty around you, you will live a more fulfilled life. This match was very yes. good. Yeah. You need to like rearrange your priorities in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We're getting a little, we're getting a little mean again. Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, everything hearing Jesse describe it, my heart started to race again. We're like that kind of storytelling is so, and you know, what's really cool actually is when I interviewed Aubrey for the podcast and we were talking about AEW, we were talking about how the bucks used to get so much shit for being like spot monkeys and this match told such a story with these beautiful spots um, on top of it. You know, what I really liked, what I liked is that we knew it was going to be a good match. We knew they could tell a story. But there were so many stories within the stories that I didn't see coming. The homage to the tag teams I didn't see coming. But also what I was really nervous about is for the last couple of weeks, they have been borderline overselling this leg injury. And I go, I was like, all right, well, so fuck. It was going to be actually the only time I sort of doubted the match. And I go, right, it's going to be the classic tag team heels 
just working, 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 working this fucking leg. And that's it. But instead, they were so like that happened. Obviously, it's going to happen. But there were so it was so dynamic the different ways they use the injury. They use the injury to he's doing moves he shouldn't be doing. They did the injury. They use the injury with, oh my God, why are they tagging? Why are they tagging the injured brother back in? They use the injury to have, uh, just because I don't want to mix it up. Who had the injury? Matt? Matt, yeah. Yeah. So then like Nick got to do the really heroic martial arts movie, like two on one. And then suddenly like Matt's back and then it brings him. And then, Injury be fucking damned. Just like Jess was saying how no hands. I guess I got to do a flip injury be damned. This is the only way I can finish. I'm going to do it anyway with the injury. And if this doesn't work, I'm you could tell with that pin. If this doesn't work, I'm done. Like I'm just falling down. And like, that was really beautiful. And, you know, I know I didn't see one person who was like psyched about this stipulation, but Leading up to it, the stipulation was shitty, but now that I'm talking in the middle of my conversation, I'm realizing that I didn't know how emotional I would get seeing them win the titles, especially when Kenny and Hangman came out, that not saying the stipulation added to it, but it was kind of this like, whoa, I didn't realize how much I wanted them to win the belts. And suddenly this sort of uh, montage went on in my head of like them on trampolines and the formation of AEW. It was like this mini little ayahuasca trip uh, watching them in the ring. And I was like, whoa, this is beautiful. But that only happened because there was such storytelling throughout the match um, as well. Yeah, I mean, and y'all y'all may have touched on it when I was going to grab the drink, but I mean, on top of all the storyline stuff, I mean, Young Bucks came out dressed like the Lakers, FTR yeah, was dressed yeah, up yeah, like, Jesse did. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Boston. I mean, it's like and then uh, Mad G twenty seven NY points out, yeah, the DIY oh, callback. Um, I mean, just just really cool stuff. Um, and something that I thought was really interesting too is, you know, the Young Bucks never hit the Meltzer driver in that match, which is their finishing move. No, and they, they didn't. They never hit uh, um, more bang for your buck. Never hit that move. Like mainly their finishing moves, they never hit during this match. So it leaves so That's much cool. open. Yeah. Then now FTR hit their pile driver their, their spike pile driver but uh but yeah so there's there's still a lot left that these two teams can do together um and i think a rematch is going to be just absolutely incredible whenever that happens um, yeah and we're gonna wait maybe. on oh sorry go ahead no it'll be even more interesting because i feel like by the time that happens will we have you know extra members but will we have more kind of storytelling with that because we have you know kenny and hangman so we have that whole dynamic going on behind the scenes we have those kind of partnerships going on it could even be better like yeah yeah it's gonna be be so hard to top that though it's just like oh so good it was so that was fast jamie yeah, that was like Rogan level. Had to pee this whole time. Uh, oh my god, we're doing three hours sprint. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. probably closer to two for us, I think. Yeah, thank um, god. <laughs> fuck um, you, Elon Musk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on, we had Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. Matt Hardy gets the win. It's an uh, I almost called it Ultimate Deletion. It was the Elite Deletion. 
Uh, mm -hmm. went about 20 minutes long. Literally my only knock with this was probably the length. Like it probably could have been like five, 10 minutes shorter on like a show that's already long. It wasn't long in the same way that like double or nothing was long. We're like, you were there live for that, Jesse. And I know that oh, all out. Oh, sorry. Yeah, all out. Long as hell. Yeah. And I know that. Heck. Yeah. So I can only imagine like, so, but, but that being said, I thought the elite deletion match was, was pretty fun. Like I'm, I, there's any people who disagree because of how cheesy this is. I love seeing Gangrel. Like I'm such a mark for that kind of shit. Like, like why not Gangrel in the Hurricane? Like, I thought I thought it was good. It, it was sense. it was weird how they had like these mini matches in the match though, where it was like uh, proud and powerful and private party and all them were like all wrestling also like to the side, which was kind of strange. But that all being said, Jamie, what do you think about this match? Uh, the cinematic match where Matt Hardy gets the win over Sammy Guevara. Listen to me. None of you in the chat can bring this outside of this episode. I don't think I liked it. Okay. And sure. look, 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 listen to me. I love, I don't know why. I was the biggest Hardy Boys fan. That was when, like, right, I still think wrestling, I think I still thought wrestling was real. Uh, but, like, the Edge and Christian. Wait, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a Throw the headphones again. <laughs> oh, it's another shoot. Um, I actually, when Gangrel, I didn't know people were shitting on that. When Shane and Gangrel showed up is when I got on board. Because I was like, okay, now I'm seeing what's happening. And... I love both of them. When I need uh, to bring this up too, I don't mean to cut you off, but I need to bring this up because that was actually a continuation of a story that had started mm -hmm. in the WWE where where, gang, where a masked man had kidnapped Hurricane Helms. And yeah. that was like the payoff to a WWE story on AEW TV. Like that's incredible. <laughs> and that I was like so, so into. Someone tweeted... Maybe it was Shane who tweeted about like, yeah, like long-term storytelling. And I'm like, it was so <laughs> funny and sweet. And like, I really like that. But in the beginning, okay. So this is where people are going to hate me. I was the biggest Hardy Boys fan, like Bailey wearing the Hardy Boys t-shirt in a crowd level. And now <sighs> Jeff and Matt still doing like the angsty weird stuff, but as like, fucking 40 year olds i like i can't i can't i can't every the only interview i liked with matt recently was when he was like being serious after his concussion because he was just talking like a dude and i was like oh this is great but like the every time they're like i will end you like or i mean jeff like doing that like in WWE, like i'm it hurts because when i hear Jeff's music in the WWE, it still brings me back to days of old, but I can't do when they had to fucking, when he would like went to walkie talkie private yeah. party. And then like, <laughs> then they cut away and then they cut back and like private party still didn't go where I'm like, where did you guys park? You should have been like much closer to this. And then they had the mini match. I was like, it was that was so brutal. But then when Gangrel and th then I could be like, okay, so now I'm like, I get what's happening. It was you with the fucking page, uh, Kenny, uh, uh, trailer. I was like, okay, now I'm like in it. I see what, oh, okay. I, I see what the fuck is happening. Fine. Um, and, but I'm just like, it saddens me that I don't very much look forward to Jeff and Matt 
um, matches, really. You know, but they're so they're so hugely important. I would never tweet this. I would never say anything about it because they've done so much uh, great stuff. You know. Yeah, I uh, I totally understand that. I actually feel a lot more that way towards Matt than I do Jeff. Um, yeah. mainly because I don't really know the reason. Uh, to be honest, like I just I feel like Matt isn't like the best fit for AEW. That's just me personally. Like I'm I'm not saying like. I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm never the kind of person who thinks people should like lose their jobs. Like, you know, I, right. I, I would like to see Matt Hardy helping out the young talent, maybe more behind the scenes or maybe as a more of a manager with private party, whatever they do with him. I don't like the idea of him beating Sammy Guevara in this match. Like Sammy's one of your future guys. I mean, he's yeah. like going to be, yeah. yeah. Like he, you know, and I know there was this stuff outside the ring and all that, but at this point I feel like we all have to kind of just move past all that. And like, if he fucks up again, he fucks up again and that's the fucking end of it. But like, but as of right now, you know, we got to give him his chance like we do everyone else. And I and I think that he should have won this feud over Matt Hardy. I don't. I was really confused with the, the booking. Um, I now, mean, um, unless they do kind of what we were talking about with Hangman, which is, okay, so he just had this, like, crazy loss. He's not in a good spot. What happens when he goes back to Dynamite? Oh, cool. It's MJF, the guy who makes fun of him. And now he's going to be this goody to like, he's going to be Jericho's boy. And Sammy keeps getting shit on shit on shit on. And then that could turn to Sammy babyface him fighting MJF, which will bring him up a little bit, like see how he promos with MJF um, and, and, and do it that way. It could be kind of like just the beginning of like, psychologically torturing him until he can uh sort of emerge as this new baby face i i could totally see all that happening as well i think i think that 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 is kind of where we're heading with it um and like with the jeff hardy stuff it, the thing with jeff hardy to me is like i don't think people enough give him enough credit for now what he's doing right now it's it's just i i totally get what you're coming from with that like raw, he was on raw last night i didn't even care that he was on the show it's just like i just but it's but i don't care about anything really happening with wwe to be on to be fair so like if jeff hardy was in AEW or if he was back in impact or whatever it was maybe i'd be more interested yeah but he he's at a level of like it's one of those things like until you I'll put it this way. I, even I was surprised when I was talking to other people who aren't even wrestling fans anymore that are around my age. And we're talking about like, they find out I like wrestling or whatever. I meet them through like a mutual friend or something. We're sitting around drinking beer and it's like, Oh man, I remember this person or that person. The one name, I mean, you always hear Austin and the rock and the NWO and that kind of stuff. But Jeff Hardy's name gets brought up a lot. Yeah, it does. And, and that's super impressive. I mean, he's, he's a guy who's going to be a WWE hall of famer as a singles guy and as a tag team guy, he's going to be a multi-time yeah. and, and he fits really well in the WWE system. Cause at this point in his career, he just comes out and does his greatest hits. You know, he does like three moves and, yeah. and that's pretty much it. So it works out well, but I think the same thing with you, Jamie is probably what's happening with me is like, I just don't care about like the product to begin with. So like, I just makes me not really care about Jeff Hardy, like by just by association. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but that's all uh you know we'll, we'll see where this all heads. Matt Hardy gets the win and uh and yeah, I could totally see people not liking this match. I can see people loving this match. I can see people being indifferent about it. They're going to get a lot of different uh thoughts on that one. Um up next we had MJF defeating Chris Jericho to become a part of the inner circle. 
Um, this match, I've seen a lot of people saying they didn't like this that much, but it also, like, I think, once again, it's just circumstantial. This show was just incredible. There was going to be some matches that just weren't as good as others. It's just yeah. going to happen. Um, and there was so much emotion behind the two best matches, you know, or, I mean, the, th- the three. There was yeah. so much emotion behind Moxley. There was so much emotion behind uh, or Moxley and Kingston, behind the Bucks match, behind uh, the Kenny match that you know there was great storytelling leading up to this but it wasn't like the emotion behind the other ones and i think we all knew mjf had to win because that's how you push the story forward is having him in the inner circle right exactly um jesse you're up first on this one what do you think about uh mjf getting the win he's now part of the inner circle gets that win over jericho and the way that it happened by the way was um warlow distracted the ref uh, uh, Hager threw the baseball bat to Jericho. Sammy, or not, I keep calling him Sammy. MJF pretended like he did the Eddie Guerrero. This is what's gonna infuriate Sammy and make him go baby Uh, face is when someone calls him, like, hey, MJF. Oh, sorry, Sammy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm playing right into it, playing right into it. Um, But uh, but he does the old school Eddie Guerrero where he pretends to be hit by the bat. The referee sees it. He's like, well, you use the bat on MJF. And Jericho's Aww. standing there, and Aubrey. MJF rolls him up for the win. Um, and, but yeah, and shout out to Aubrey. We talked about her a lot, but it, it's, it speaks a lot to her level of how good she is when Jericho is clearly requesting her to do his matches because she does almost all of his matches, yeah. and that's a big deal. Have um, you, do, you, do you know their Instagram thing where every time she posts, Jericho just posts the thumbs down emoji? No, I got to check so that good. out. So good. It's so good. Um, and yeah, and MJF gets the roll-up win after all that. So, so Jesse, your thoughts on MJF winning and uh, his and now being a part of the inner circle? I totally expected this outcome. I I think I wasn't sure they were going to get there, but I thought it was the perfect kind of MJF-ish kind of way. Didn't really get there on its own. And how more fitting that he won't have to do much more on his own after he joins the inner circle. I think this is kind of, I think we've talked about this as well. I think this is kind of how Jericho turns babyface. Yeah. I think the inner circle turns on him. I think they swerve. I think right now you can tell there's kind That's of a cool. displeasure, displeasure in MJF joining the inner circle. But Wow. Nice. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> awesome. They both said cool. Don't so mad. I had your school on it. Um, <laughs> look, like, like, like. <laughs> orange Cassidy. But, yeah, I thought it was very Orange Cassidy. Like, like your ribbon. Yes, but I thought it was fine. And I think that I think the animosity towards Jericho from the inner circle and their displeasure with this whole sip to begin with, and Jericho being like pleased with MJF and kind of being happy with it in the end. Um, will lead to that inevitable collapse of Jericho's leadership in the inner circle. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Jamie? Where do you, where do you think this heads? Yeah. I mean, uh, I loved, uh, I liked the match. I thought it was really good. Aubrey's so great. I'm, t- um, I'm, 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 that's not even just me being biased, like her emotions and rage when she, I texted her. When she at one point to MJF said, Don't touch me, it sounded so real that I was just like, What kind of fuck up, MJF? Like, it, it, it legitimately, <laughs> like, it, it was the injury thing. It was like, Dude hobbles one more time on the ankle. And I go, Is that real? Like, I, I, I immediately texted her, I was like, Girl, you can act. It was so good. 
Um, the ending was so great with MJF, like just the 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 little pratfall fake uh, hit with the bat. Then Aubrey's reaction was great. Um, yeah, it has been really interesting. Uh, like when MJF tackled Jericho at the end of, or uh, in Dynamite, um, Jericho kind of like smiling and wanting uh, that to happen. I think yeah. the first storyline we'll probably get is, yeah, something with Sammy and MJF for sure. Um, I think that'll be really interesting. I think that's Sammy's way um, to become babyface. I don't know if I see the Jericho babyface thing happening soon. Especially because MJF and Jericho just fought. I think building up MJF to then build up a him and Sammy uh, feud, I think is going to be the first move with breaking up the inner circle. Because then you also, yeah, maybe something with Warlow and uh, and uh, Hager. I don't know. But, yeah. uh, but the Jericho-MJF dynamic together i think it's just going to be too good and funny and like interesting um that that might extend for uh, a little while before because you don't want to have mjf fight jericho again soon especially if people weren't like psyched about it and if if mjf does break them up it's like that's the match that has to happen so i think right now let's have some inner turmoil uh in the inner circle and have yeah sammy break out as like baby face uh, just he gets pushed too fucking far, and then he fights MJF. Yeah, there's a lot of ways we can go with this. I, I think that uh, you know, when AW started, it's Jericho has talked about it in podcasts since about how his first choice for the inner circle was MJF. Like initially, like when AW started, he was like, "Oh, give me that guy. This is yeah. like, this guy's perfect." Oh, that's and cool. and it just worked out better the other way around, like how it's been how it, how it played out, but. I think that Jericho and MJF probably have a lot of ideas about what to do yeah. storyline wise for a while now. Oh, you and, mean the two guys who went into a fucking Broadway number? You think they right, have more yeah, tricks yeah. up their sleeve? Right. Yeah. For, for real. And, uh, and you alluded to it as well. I mean, there's, they're already teasing Wardlow versus Jake Hager. Um, I mean, there, you got Sammy and MJF don't get along. Hager and Wardlow don't get along. It'd be a cluster. Um, it could be great. Yes, I think at the end of the day, I don't know if MJF winds up like leading the inner circle or he's the reason that the whole thing just breaks breaks up. But he, I, I strongly believe, and here's the other thing too, it's very predictable, like long-term, like MJF eventually being the reason it all blows up, uh, Chris Jericho eventually becoming a babyface again, them having a match, like it's all predictable, but that's a good thing. Like if it's a good story, just do it. Yeah. Like. Like and then it's are- what, yeah, then, then it's what you can add to it, right? Like, you know, uh, we knew Kenny and Hangman were going to fight, uh, even though there was a tournament. We And Kenny even used that in a promo. Yes. He even used that in a promo. That was so brilliant, where he's like, oh, everyone thought this match was going to happen. He's like, I didn't. I thought Wardlow was going to take him out. And I was like, oh, oh, Hangman's heart. The disrespect. He didn't even think he would. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like that hurt so bad. And like, and yeah, same with the Bucks. Once that stipulation, you're like, well, I guess they have to become the champions or else they can never be the champ. Like, well, that would be a bummer. Um, but it's like how you tell the story, these little um, like finesses you can, you can, you can put on it. How do you polish it? You know, what, what are all of the bits and uh, the promos and the, the infighting that they can do up until that happens? And like, that's how you make art. I mean, 
every movie is the hero's journey, essentially, right? Joseph Campbell talks about it from like Star Wars to, you know, it's these Westerns. Um, but no one's like, oh, the, the good guy got the girl. No, thanks. Like the, the, he saved his family. Boo. Like we want to see uh, it play out the way that, you know, we hope we want the good guy to win. We want, you know, these people to resolve their problems. We want these two people to fight. It's just how do you do it without making it lame and hacky? Exactly. Exactly. And and that's kind of not to make this a WWE versus AEW thing, but that's kind of what pisses me off about the WWE is like they consistently they'll have a story that will totally make sense. And then for the sake of swerving people, they'll they'll abandon what makes sense and then just make it make no sense at all. And then the fans get mad and then they get mad at the fans for getting mad about it. And it's like, why don't you that's just do the story that made sense? Well, that's why you can't even get your hopes up. I really enjoy Sam Roberts' podcast because yes, he's the he, man. He builds these storylines with such heart and such hope and such want. And when he like when he described the Lana storyline the way he wanted to see, everyone forgets about Lana. That's how she even won. They forgot about her. Not she was tricky. They forgot about her. And like just this like the resentment that's building up and the sadness and like, she keeps going to get put through the fucking table again, where it's like, that made me be like, Oh, right. So now I'm super into it. But if it just fades away and it's like, Oh, you had the hot Instagram girl go through a table a bunch of times. Yeah. Now it seems like an awful fucking story, but if you actually do it right. And this leads to her, like, I don't know, challenge, like getting the belt, but it won't, it's not going to happen. Same with retribution. Retribution could have been, Oh, I said yeah. this on your podcast. The week that the Hurt Business did a mini face turn and then like Lee and McIntyre interrupted their match to flip out. Now it's like, okay, that could have led to Survivor Series. We have these heels and these baby faces teaming up to save the brand against these invaders. And then the next week you blow it with the draft. Yeah. And now it's all garbage and it means fucking nothing and it's a joke. Yeah, and I mean, we I, I joked about it on Twitter last night, but like, I, I I would not be surprised knowing the WWE if this literally became like there's going to be a week where Lana doesn't go through the table and gets like, and nobody cheers for, so she just puts herself through the table. Like that's how stupid oh, the right. WWE is. Like they're going to just start. They're going to like no. what? No one wants to put me through the table anymore. She just puts herself through the table, and I was going to be like, oh, I can totally see that happening too. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. That's what I'm saying. Oh, horrible. Like, like, because without going through the table, she has nothing, really, I'll, to be, I'll like, be, totally I'll, honest. I'll be so mad. I'll be <laughs> so mad. <laughs> well, moving on to something that didn't make any of us mad. I think it made us all very happy. This was awesome. We had the main event of the show. John yeah. Moxley defeating Eddie Kingston in a night quit match. This was a... It, it wasn't brutal, like, past the point of, like, being uncomfortable, in my opinion. There was, there was some... It was some hardcore stuff, but, like, it wasn't as... Like sometimes you watch that stuff and it's like beyond the line to me where I'm like, okay, they're hitting each they're they're actually cutting themselves with pizza cutters and they're actually putting meat skewers into each other's foreheads. Like that's like that's not a there's no allusion to that. Yeah. This this was just a and it made sense for the story. It was an I quit match. You're doing anything you can to get the guy to quit. The finish happens when Moxley wraps Kingston's neck with barbed wire. Well, I think he wraps his, his arm with barbed wire and then he put Kingston in the bulldog choke. Mm-hmm. And who Eddie Kingston just, you know, he said it. He barely said it, but he said it. He said, yeah. I quit. And uh, 
And this was just a fucking, I thought this was just fucking just awesome storytelling. Jamie, what were your thoughts on the match and John Moxley retaining? Yeah. I mean, the buildup to it was so good. Obviously Eddie Kingston is a fucking star. And you know, what's interesting. It started off this little build of his with a bit, with a comedy bit. It was the cookie promo. I will go on record saying here that the rise of Eddie Kingston is due to the cookie promo. Something happened where people were like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? And I don't think it was any coincidence that before that cookie promo or right after that cookie promo came these incredible promos against Moxley. Um, It, yeah, I mean, it was great. I I get, it's so funny. I'm like covered in tattoos. I fight. I get cringy at like deathmatch, barbed wire-y tack stuff. Um, so I was definitely like looking at my phone a little bit. Uh, shamefully, <laughs> I will shamefully admit that. But I thought the match was great. You know, I mean, you know, it's good storytelling because I was actually sad Kingston didn't win. And, and, and that means they probably did it right, right? Like you always yeah. want them wanting more uh and so that kind of did it for me we're seeing i mean how heartbreaking when moxley tried to shake his hand right and like try to help him up and like kingston the way he walked out was like oh i've let my family down and i've wrestled for nothing um and i have no fucking idea where this goes i have no idea where it goes where it certainly can't go is just like he's running a stable again and like hey now people know that he's good on the mic where i'm like i think he has to stay a main player i don't know i don't know where this goes i mean i i wouldn't mind even seeing him walk from his stable like i don't i i have no idea i'm like very open to suggestion uh and i i just pray they do him right um because i would have been incredibly happy to see him as the champion but if this leads to better storytelling and him still going after it and eventually winning the belt um then fucking bravo yeah i'm gonna throw in just a quick thought and then pass it to you jesse for your full thoughts i just want to throw this out there because you're like where's it gonna go and what's he gonna do i think like i mentioned before maybe we get him and uh Butcher and Blade versus uh, the Death Triangle, possibly in like the short term. But, sure. but, yeah. but yeah, but I do think Eddie Kingston and people. I, th- I I feel like people already feel this way, but don't like quite fully realize it yet. Guess what, guys? Eddie Kingston's actually a baby face, yeah. and he's gonna and he's gonna be yeah. yes. a massive baby face for them. Like yeah. he's so fucking likable and believable yes. and relatable that. That's that's his future. Is like it isn't him being the heel who can't get the job done. Nope, nope. And like in like six months to a year from now, we're gonna be talking about Kingston as like one of the most over baby faces in the business. I, think. I mean, he has, and people are gonna go, "What did you see? What he was wearing? He has what the Rock and Austin have, which is he has a way to be so passionately authentic, so relatable." while also being a wrestler superhuman uh character where whether he is this desperate man someone posted this old dusty roads promo yesterday 
with our political situation in mind, where Dusty, who notoriously didn't really plan out, was like, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for all the people who are fired from their jobs. I'm doing this for all the people who work nine to five. I'm doing this. Like, I forget the exact examples, but he's was like, it the, was it the quote where he's talking about wine and dining with Kings and Queens eating pork and beans type of yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. He was like, when I win this belt, I'm going to read. You will be able to touch this belt through the TV. This is for you. And Kingston as a baby face, all of that, angst that he was showing against uh moxley everything he sacrificed for the belt now you're right that gets to be hey you guys are sacrificing i'm sacrificing and he also he has the same humor uh like the rock and austin it's just again it's very quick it's very authentic it's not you know the ufc fighter trying to clumsily be conor mcgregor it's like it's not like colby <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Where's he gonna go now? Is he gonna go to Four Seasons Landscaping with Donald Trump? Where's he gonna go? Oh, Colby? Uh, no, it's gonna, he's gonna become uh fucking BLM Kobe. Colby. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine he comes out just like with the fucking Wakanda forever? Um, yeah, man. I uh I want that to happen so much. Like when you talk about the people's champ, I made a joke the other day when I'm like. How was the rock the people's chance when champ, when none of us look like this guy? Um, yeah. like, I'm like, you don't represent the people with that body. Um, but he, I mean, yeah. Kingston can be that dusty roads. Like I'm doing this for the people. I struggled. I was selling my wrestling boots this fucking year, last yeah. year, whatever it was for money. Literally. Yeah. Put the belt on that guy. And like, yeah, absolute superstar. One of the best of all time. I think. Yeah, Jesse, what are your thoughts on this one? What do you think about Moxley uh, getting, retaining the title and then also, you know, the future for Eddie Kingston? I think Mox retaining was the right move, obviously, because the next challenger is Kenny Omega, and I feel like it just needs to go there. However, speaking of Mox versus Kenny, I feel like this Eddie Kingston match with Moxley, you know how Kenny and Mox had, like, the death match or whatever, and it was, yeah. like, good, but it wasn't, like, what you thought. This was, like, what we wanted that match to be, except with, like, obviously with Eddie Kingston. And I loved at the beginning the whole video package before with, like, the old school footage of them, like, in the ring together in a high school, like, gymnasium, so going at it, just so showing, good. like, how this blood went back deep, you know, talking about my mama and all that stuff. I did the the moment that I knew that Eddie Kingston was a baby face was when he sterilized John Moxley's thumbtack wounds. Oh, he sterilized. He sterilized. That was the best tweet of the night. That was so sweet. Oh, I was I like, that. oh my god, you know, we are in a pandemic. <laughs> Yeah. He's got open wounds all over. The way the way you phrased that on Twitter was so good. The the mark of a good comedian, people don't realize that. So much of it is just word choice. It's just word choice. It's being authentic and word choice. And when you said you didn't use babyface, you didn't when you said good guy Eddie Kingston. And I was just like, yes, it was perfect comedy writing. It was perfect comedy. Uh, I missed Thank the you. tweet. That's fucking hilarious, yes. bro. Good guy, Eddie Kingston, just... sterilizing John Moxley's wounds or whatever the fuck it yes. was. So good. <laughs> yes. That was, to me, I was like, oh, he is a big fan. <laughs> Which is so, and I know, but this match was really good. And it was, I believe it was Eddie Kingston at first that was wrapping the barbed wire yes. around his yes, fist. 
And so when Mox did that to beat him, to get him to quit, I thought that was beautiful. That was like a little touch. Yep. This was visceral. This wasn't like that uh, death match with Kenny Omega where they were like dragging each other through glass and it was just like, oh, make it stop. It was cringy, don't worry. Not like in a bad way cringy, but it made you wince. It was, uh, but it, I was still invested. It didn't take me out of the moment being disgusted. Yeah. Because yeah. I was into the story. I was really into what was happening and the the grossness of it, I guess, the gore part of it wasn't so extreme that I was being taken out of the moment. I just thought it was awesome. I love Eddie Kingston. And the moment that I really respected him was with his debut yeah. in AEW. When he walked out with no music, just a microphone, and just immediately started talking shit. So and just good. owned the entire uh, he, he owned Daly's place. Yeah. Just by speaking. And at that moment I knew. I knew this guy was special. And I know that you had seen, I mean, Steven knows Eddie Kingston because he watches all the independent wrestling. He always tells me who to look out for. And oh. Uh oh yeah. Fight hey Jamie, weekend. I've been doing that with you too though lately, man. Over the collective weekend, you're asking me some recommendations. Yeah. I'm willing to help out. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I I I I, I I I I I popped for uh, uh, wanting to know more about like Kingston's backstory. He's just yeah. fucking fascinating, dude. It was wild. Like I was, my brother happened to be over there. Me and my brother don't live together. I talk about him like he's like always here, but he lives right up the street from me, so we're around each other a lot. And I was watching a show on IndependentWrestling.tv. I believe it was ICW was the company. I can't remember what company it was. But it was on independentwrestling.tv. He had just beaten a guy who's actually a friend of mine, Brett Eisen, a great independent wrestler out of the Nashville area. He had just beaten Brett Eisen in literally in a backyard in a wrestling ring in front of like hardly any fans. He got on the microphone and he called out Cody that night. Like on the night, and he was like, I want to go after the TNT title. I want to go after the NWA title. If Nick Aldis is down, like, and he, and he cut this promo. And what was so cool about it from like my brother's perspective and, and all this is like, he saw that because once again, there was like 20 fans in this backyard and Kingston's Aww. cutting this promo. And my brother was also over when he debuted on AEW. And my brother, once again, who isn't invested was like, Oh shit, this was the dude from the backyard. Like he actually got onto the show. Like, 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 <laughs> dope. that's right. so dope. Yeah. I, uh, after the cookie promo, I dug into him and I watched, uh, the interview he did with Aubrey and Shivani. Um, and that's when I, he was talking about trying to sell his wrestling boots and stuff like that. I want to make, this is my idea for Eddie Kingston. If you're listening, um, for your pro wrestling t-shirt, uh, it should be, uh, give me the mic. <laughs> nice. Ooh. Good one. Right. When he it says is. that, I get so excited. Give me a mic. Yes. Give me a mic. Give this man a mic. I'll go it, get one myself. He treats it like a fucking weapon. Like and and, yeah. and and that's how you're a promo star. When you see the mic as a fucking weapon and not just something to like, you know, again, Dusty Piper, like it is my fucking weapon. It's like I don't even care what you do in the ring, but he's good. So hooray. Yeah, amazing. Thought the match was great. Thought all of it was I mean, it's just yeah, there's there's just a guy like him, like it's so great to see a guy like him who literally wrestled for close to twenty years. And the WWE never gave him the shot. And in self-admittingly from himself, it's because of his physique. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Like he's always had the mic skills. He's always been good in the ring, but his physique was always what was holding him back. 
uh, with with the mainstream wrestling. Because I think kind of the mindset too is like when WWE went out and signed guys like Samoa Joe and Kevin Steen and that kind of stuff, it was like, well, we already have these guys who are already like proven worldwide stars. Like we'll just, you know, there was similar type builds. Their Um, big guy quota. Exactly. Exactly. And Kingston just getting this chance, just so awesome. And, and on top of it, during the match, I'm watching Kingston and Moxley wrestle each other. And I'm like, these guys, like, because here's the thing, like, I'm pretty numb to the thumbtacks. I'm pretty numb to the barbed wire. I've just seen this stuff so much. There's certain yeah. things that still really get me. Like, yeah. the, the skewers especially. I don't know if you've been seeing that. There's been a lot of wooden skewers on the indies lately where they're literally taking meat skewers and popping them in people's heads and it's just popping out. No. Like, yeah. um, so, I'm, too, I'm too busy right now. Imagine you telling a therapist, like, <laughs> like, why are you numb to people being thrown on the thumbtacks? And you're like, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. it's all good. Now, 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 when they do the thumbtacks to the bare feet, that one gets me. I'm still oh, like, I don't want to see that. Well, you know why? It's because you've never, so your body doesn't know what falling onto a huge thing of thumbtacks is, right? But right. your body knows what stepping on like a rock feels like. Like, so a, Lego, why... like a Lego even? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So like what? So even being in the ring, the little amount that I have been in so far, I'm like I watch these things. Like to me, watching a back body drop is scarier than like some of these like you know jumping over the top rope spots because I'm like ah, like I know what that you know yes yeah. And 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 my my point is like I'm pretty numb to a lot of this stuff, but it's still pretty brutal. And when I'm watching it, I remember being like. I, I turned to the my my buddy I was watching with, and I was like, "Dude, because he because he because he doesn't like any like he doesn't like seeing the thumbtacks or any of it. Like he just it just isn't for him." Um, and I turned to him and I was like, "Bro, you got to think about it this way: these two guys are having the time of their lives right now. Like, 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 great, like, like, great, great way to put it. Because this is why Moxley left the WWE. Like, he left not having to do any of this stuff, so we could go back to doing this kind of stuff." Like what fucking what, <laughs> like what what a hero. The hero we don't deserve. Uh, so it makes me feel better about it knowing that these guys are actually enjoying this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, they- after, and after the match, I just want to throw this out there. After the match, uh Kingston did an, an, an interview with uh with the media, like fightful.com uh posted it uh, live on YouTube while, while they were talking, and and Moxley was glowing. This dude is, is sitting there in front of this camera. He got a rig, no, nah, I got his big dip in. And when he's sitting there doing his, doing his interview, just sitting back, just going, This, like, we didn't know what we we're going to do on the show. The pandemic screwed up all the plans. I said, Me and Kingston know each other for years. Give us both microphones. We'll sell it in a month. We sold it in a month. The Whoa. match, the match was ruled. Like, he knew that we could, we knew we could both have a good match. Like, it's one of those things where Moxley, seems so and you'll you'll understand this as a uh, for what you do jammy with with your profession and all that like he seems so fulfilled in his art yeah yeah over the weekend and that's something he didn't get the entire time he was with the wwe how interesting is it that and then uh man i so have to go my manager is going to kill me um (laughs) how interesting is that that um the two storylines that got the most attention over pandemic have been these relationships have been um, Reigns and Uso. Yep. Obviously they've known each other for a very long time. Great and, story. Right. And, and this one where it was just like, Hey, take two people who know and love each other 
and let them have at it. And like, oh man, like what we got out of both of those stories is so, it's been so good. I want to deep dive if you have any, or if any of the listeners want to tweet me um, or DM me on Instagram, any good old Kingston interviews. I'm like super inspired because I just made the decision today. I almost chickened out of going to Texas to train, to move there. And, uh, and I'm doing it now. And so I'm like, I kind of want to deep dive if there are any really good Kingston interviews out there, like, uh, or even matches, like just to do some, some reconnaissance on the guy. Dude, I'll give you a uh, I'll give you a promo code for IWTV. It'll give you the service for it's either a free full month or two months, and you can just yeah. jump on there and watch any match. He has a ton of matches on that on that platform, right, cool. so cool. you can watch it for free. Check out as much of it as you want. Yeah, man. Six, 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 um, six. I know you got to bounce, Jamie. Um, me and me and Jesse will hang out for a minute to plug all our sponsors and stuff. Jamie, let it, let everyone know where to find you and all that stuff before you get out of here. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you guys so much. Uh, this was a blast. I- you guys Thank are, again, here. I said this in the beginning too, my favorite people. Jesse, uh, you got even oh. more points. The fact that you tried to censor your cat's asshole, that was the highlight for me. Um, but like the little blurred <laughs> box, like that was so funny. Um, so yeah, so I have a podcast. It's called, um, it's called A Fuck Ups, uh, a fuck ups Guide to Self-Help. And uh, people interested in wrestling, uh, recently, we've had Aubrey Edwards. We've had um, uh, Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, Janella wants to do it. I kind of want to get Kingston on uh, for this, but it's all about like pursuing crazy shit, being a weirdo, being a misfit, not fitting in. Uh, hence the name of Fuck Up's Guide to Self Help. And then if you're a fighter, uh, I have a fight podcast called Rear Naked Radio as well. I'm on Instagram. I make comedy sketches, but I also talk about mental health. Uh, you can see the one uh, where Thunder Rosa slapped me. It's still up kind of towards the top. Uh, my Instagram is at the Jamie Kilstein. My Twitter is at Jamie Kilstein. To find all of this stuff, you can go to jamiekilstein.com or jamiekilsteinpodcast.com. Both will lead you to all the places. And then uh, what else? Oh, I have an album coming out. My first stand-up album in like eight years uh, called 25% Capacity. Um, that'll be out December 4th. And then I'll be at uh, the House of Comedy the last week of November as well in Phoenix, Arizona, if you happen to be in Phoenix. Awesome stuff. Jamie, thanks again for coming on, man. Like, it's been awesome. And uh, Jamie's got to go. He's big league. He's got a manager and all this stuff. So he's got to But you guys are big league too, because I was supposed to call him an hour ago. uh, And I did not. Uh, he, this poor guy found out yesterday, we were supposed to have this meeting yesterday and I bailed yesterday because I couldn't stop crying about my cat who died in January. And like, I, I just had this, like, it was awful. And, uh, instead of texting him it, I posted a funny Instagram story about how my manager has to deal with, uh, me. on the phone call because I was trying to spiritually connect with my dead cat and sobbing. And then he just wrote me, he goes, this is how I find out. And then, uh, uh, and now I bailed for a wrestling podcast anyway. So you guys aren't big league. You guys and my cat are the reason. So we're all good. No, I'm just playing around, but we, I we know. Have- I was yeah. wrestling. Yes. <laughs> wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. All right. I yeah. love you guys. I'll talk to you later. All right. See you, Jamie. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to remove him from the chat here. This oh, yeah, is, uh, yeah. yeah, let's Bye. make sure. See you, Jamie. Um, so I removed him from the chat. There we go. Perfect. Um, thanks again to Jamie for joining the show. That was a lot of fun, yeah. wasn't it, Jesse? It was fun. It was fun. So, like, yeah, that's Jamie. It's once I have his baby, 
<laughs> more of him. So. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if y'all like seeing Jamie on here, like Jesse just said, like uh, we, we, we are actively making plans to, to, to make sure we're still getting the live chats. Um, and obviously like none of us in the chat and not me, not anyone else, no one's obviously going to be uh, like, Jesse's kids are more important than the live chat. Like, just, just to be honest. So, love you guys. So, so and, and understandably so. That, to be honest, I th I would get concerned if she was prioritizing our chats over her kids. Like, I, it would it wouldn't be cool with me. You know what I mean? So, like, um, Jamie is who we pretty much have as the uh, as like the fallback plan if Jesse can't uh, make it any week. So, I hope y'all like Jamie. He's a guy that I get along with really well. Um, I've been doing more podcasting with him, like, uh, like personally lately. And, and, um, and he's just one of those guys that I, th I think he's a good fit for, for what we do here. Um, we might do some more three, some more three person stuff in the future. Um, my podcast, the fight talk podcast, where I upload all the audio for this show, as well as my MMA show I do every Monday, um, my, my interviews with independent wrestlers and mixed martial artists. That's all on the just search fight talk podcast on, on Google. I'm pretty sure it's the first thing that pops up. It's available all, on all feeds. Um, and then that way too, like if for some reason you can't make it to a live chat and if, you know, if it's inconvenient, because some people, the main reason I upload these, uh, the audio version, just so y'all know, is because for commuting, sometimes people like they'll want to listen to a podcast or watch a show. And, and I know this from personal experience they won't have an audio version, but they'll have a YouTube version and it would require me to, to have the video playing in my car the entire time, which is going to drain my battery, which uh, sometimes the audio just isn't as good or it cuts out or you have to deal with the ad breaks in between and you're trying to drive. And that way I put it up on audio and it's just one click. You just click it. You got the audio right in your ears or right into your, your radio or whatever you're listening from. So um, just try to make it as easy as humanly possible for everybody to enjoy the show. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll go through our sponsors here in just a second, but Jesse, is there anything you wanted to add or throw out there before we, uh, kind of wrap it up? Um, you are, oh, there you go. You're good. Sorry. You were muted for a second. You're good now though. Oh, you're muted basically again. It. Oh, basically it. Okay. Yeah. Someone was, I don't know if the cat walked on your mic or something. I don't know how that. Which my, can you hear me? I can now, yeah. My headphones, because the other one died. Oh, okay, because it's kind of going in and out. Well, the good thing is, like, this is the end of the show anyways, y'all. Um, I'm going to go through our sponsors real quick. Um, basically, I'm just going to start off with uh, with Music City Toys and Collectibles. They are the place to be for all, you know, autographs, DVDs, wrestling memorabilia, everything you could think of. Music City Toys and Collectibles. They're nice people. They will give you fair business. I can't tell you how many times I've been looking for an action figure or, or an autograph 8x10 or something along, the, along those lines. I go on eBay. I see the price, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to swing that price or not. And then I go on Music City Toys and Collectibles. Sometimes they have the stuff listed already on their YouTube or Twitter. But also, I can literally direct message them and be like, Hey, do you have any WWF Joyce Toys Bendems in stock that you don't have on the, on the page? And if he does, he'll just tell me how much they are and, and just mail them to me. I mean, it's super, super awesome to, to, to use. And, and they're super nice people. So once again, support them. They are music city toys and collectibles that can be found on all social media. 
Also, shout out to my brother, Brian Jensen. He is a professional boxing coach. He bought, he's an amateur boxing coach. He's a Parkinson's Foundation um, uh, trainer, if you will. Uh, basically, anything from all levels, whether you're looking to throw hands, get in better shape, lose a little bit of weight. Um, maybe you're, uh, honestly, I, I talk about the uh, the Parkinson's a lot because generally speaking, it's usually older people. I think my brother told me recently there was a, a study that came out where I think it's like one in six people over the age of 60 get Parkinson's now. I mean, it's like a very, and the reason I bring that up is because, you know, there's also plenty of people that get what's called early onset diabetes or sorry, not diabetes, Parkinson's. And it'll be um, like, you could be my age. You could be, I mean, my brother deals with something called dystonia, which is very similar to Parkinson's. And he showed symptoms from the time he was around 10 years old. I mean, you, 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 it, 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 this affects a large range of people and what a lot of people don't realize is, and I know this is basically a big commercial for my brother, but it really is like, this can really help a lot of people. And he doesn't charge much, by the way. He's very, in comparison to anyone else who does the stuff he does, he is by far the cheapest and gives you the, and, and, and he's an expert in these fields. Like there are exercises people can do that have no Parkinson's symptoms whatsoever that actually help prevent the chances of them getting Parkinson's once they turn 60 or older. So there's there's dexterity stuff, even as small as doing these kind of moves, just enough times a day. You'd never think about it, but that might be helping your life 30, 40, 50 years from now. So Brian can help you with that stuff. Um, he can meet you in person in the Atlanta, Georgia area. He he owns a gym. He will meet you in your like at your business, at your own residence, your home. He'll meet you in a public park. I mean, whatever you're most comfortable with. He will help you reach your goals or help you with your neurological issues, whatever it is. Like once again, even if you just want to try to lose, you know, you got a goal for 2021, you want to lose 15 pounds or whatever. Brian will help you do that. If you're not in the Atlanta, Georgia area, he can help you online. He'll set up a Zoom call, a whole schedule for you. He'll help pick out the right kind of foods to eat. Like it, he can basically life coach you from anywhere in the world. He's a very reliable person. I, I'm. I'm obviously biased. Uh, he's my best friend in the world and he does amazing, amazing stuff for people. And the reason I'm so adamant about it when I talk about this is because if you tell him, like, just hit him up on Instagram, it's boxing ATL, B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. If you hit him up and you say, hey, your brother sent me to you, he, I, he's going to give you such a good deal. Like, I, I promise <laughs> you. So so it's just one of those things where it's like... <laughs> <laughs> It'll be such a good deal. It'll be such a good deal. I promise you. Um, so anyways, that's Brian Jensen. Uh, just check him out on Instagram at boxing ATL. Shoot him a follow at the very least and, and just check out the stuff that he does. Cause it might, it, it might be able to help you. I also like, I can't like, I kid you not. I have a friend named Amanda. Her name's Amanda. I won't say her last name just for security reasons, but her name's Amanda. I've known her since I was probably 13 years old and she's my age, she's 32. And a couple of years ago, she was diagnosed with MS. And, yeah. and that's more common than people think. Mm -hmm. And, and, and she saw my brother posting things on Instagram, and her grandmother uh, deals with Parkinson's. And she was like, this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Like, I did not know your brother was doing this. Like, I need to follow up and find out like, and this can help me. This can help my grandma. This can help all their friends. Like, so anyways, I know this has been a long uh, ad for him, but it, but it's, but it's one of those things that it's very, um, it's very close to my, to my heart. Cause it's stuff that I also deal with to a degree. I mean, it's just, 
So Brian, Boston ATL, check them out. And last but never least, WrestleRumble.com. They are the place to be for fantasy pick'em contests for professional wrestling. Right now, there is a, another raffle going where for $1 entries, I kid you not, for $1, someone is going to win. Now, there's four different prizes for four different winners. Someone's going to get an AEW replica title. Someone's going to get an NXT, the original NXT title with a big X on it. Uh, someone's going to get the original ECW world title. And someone's going to get the uh, National Wrestling Alliance World's Heavyweight Championship, the, the belt that they still use. Um, so hypothetically speaking, for $4, you could potentially win all four of those belts. Each belt is worth like 400 bucks a piece. I mean, it's like such an awesome prize. And I think they're going to be doing an actual pick em contest for Survivor Series. So stay up to date with all this stuff at WrestleRumble.com and also on Twitter at WrestleRumble. The prizes will be announced on the Solid Monsters YouTube live stream following Survivor Series. So he does a he does a live review, goes through the matches, and then goes on uh, random.org, plugs everyone's name in, all thousands of the people that do these entries. And you see it right there. There's no, it's not fugazi. There's no shenanigans. It's literally, these are the people who bought entries. Here's the button. You click the button, a name pops up, and they win a championship belt. Awesome stuff. So once again, WrestleRumble.com. And as along with all the sponsors I mentioned before, just like I talked about with my brother, if you mention me and Jesse sent you to these sponsors, you are going to get a really good deal. I promise. So support them because they support us. You can follow me on Twitter at fight talk underscore. That's F I G H T T A L K underscore. Um, my <laughs> MMA videos are over on uh, all things MMA. I'm writing for them now as well. I'm, I'm editing and writing. So doing more no, stuff no. for them. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I try to just keep everything updated on my Twitter and of course, uh, support fightful.com and either select uh, fightful select weekend or podcast talking independent wrestling every Sunday. So if you enjoy this, you'll probably enjoy that also. Um, Jesse's cat is just all over the place. Um, that's everything I've got. Um, normally I'd pull Jesse's information up. I just don't have the ability with, uh, the way we have the stream set up today, but Jesse, please make sure to let everyone know. Um, how to support our podcast, what to do with our podcast, and everything that you have going on for yourself. Well, obviously, please, if you like what you see, give this video a thumbs up. It really helps us with the algorithm. We love our chat. We love a thumbs up. We love a good thumbs up on our videos. It lets YouTube know to send this out to other like-minded people. And it also lets them know that, hey, this might be something you might want to watch. And maybe we can get more people in this chat. We love our chat. We appreciate you guys so much. Those super chats. Those Streamlabs tips, those mean the world to us. Thank you so much. Obviously, if you like what you see and you think that you want to see more of this, you want to get notified whenever we go live again, please do consider subscribing to the channel. It would really mean a lot to us. And plus, you would be able to see these videos after we go live. So say you missed the video live, you can always just go back and watch it again. You can watch it, you know, skip through, see if we made any points about any matches that you want. And then obviously... Can we peek inside your what box? The one that you bought. Um, in a little bit. I'm almost done, okay? Okay, we'll just hold on a second. And then obviously you can subscribe to my OnlyFans, onlyfans.com slash Jesse the Buckeye, J S S I T H E B U C K E Y E. That is the best way to support me directly, other than the YouTube channel. It's the best way to get me to help me support me and my family that is growing by yeah, they can't do. Getting, getting exciting. The time is close. The time yes. Is close. 
Yes, I know. I'm in the third trimester tomorrow officially. So that's awesome. It's wild that it's been that fat because I know that like know. you got pregnant around the time we started this show, and it's kind of wild to think it's already been it's already been almost nine months since we it's probably been around nine or ten yeah. since we started the show. And we've done over 50 episodes easy at this point. So like it's wild because I feel like we just started it. And uh and I appreciate I appreciate the community so much. Y'all who who come here and, yeah. and, and listen to the audio version and all that. Oh, and Scarlet. <laughs> I hope you like it. Me and my family. So yeah. here she is. Do it, mom. Do what? Make sure you like this video. Subscribe. Tell us like it. Yes. What should they do if they want to watch our YouTube channel? Um, watch it. And do what? And like it. And do what? And and like and. <laughs> what else is? <laughs> um, see it. See it. So so see so bubba. Uh, um, subscribe. Subscribe. Yeah. Yes. Do it, Scarlett. Follow both of us. Yes. So, Jesse and Buckeye on OnlyFans. Jesse and Buckeye. me and my family. Talk more. Talk more. Okay. Yeah. Those are the best way. If you and like here I am. My son is there. And they're doing I'm not me. right now. But yeah, those are the best ways. Okay. Cool. Well, that's going to do you it for the show today. Yeah. Um,. Like, Wait, little baby dollar. <laughs> name Scarlet. Do that. Do that. Yep. One. Do it. Do what? Say introducing the beautiful daughter named Scarlet. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Introducing my beautiful daughter named Scarlet. Hi. <laughs> I feel like that. And I say, they like you. And don't forget, I'll paint you at the end, but it's already time to get some paint, paint, paint. All right, so it's time to go, so, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't know when we'll be back. I'm trying to paint. I don't know we'll be back next. I'm guessing probably, I don't know if you're busy later this week, but you do a Thursday. If not, we'll probably do again next Tuesday, I'm guessing. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you all for joining the chat. Cool King, I see you in there. Magic 27, I still see you in there. Um, hey, thank you all for supporting the show. <laughs> we're gonna let uh Jesse get back on mommy duty now. So, uh, we're out of here. See, see y'all later. We'll see y'all. We'll see y'all either later this week or sometime next week. Okay, bye bye. bye.